Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snakeman. I miss video store so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come in and have a look around, sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by a recently promoted junior editor, former intern Samantha, still armed with a haunted sword and a can-do attitude. This is Weird Kid Video. married a strange man i've made weird choices <laughs> have you just you figured that out <laughs> no i just do you want to tell him remember do you want to tell him about what that you guys are married about what you discovered in the house no yes or no <laughs> you want to tell him about that? no i'm good are thanks. you growing mushrooms no <laughs> no there was just a dick in my kitchen <laughs> <laughs> a real one i mean a picture of a real one <laughs> Go context. on. I need context. You give context. No, you can do. No, I've done my bit. It's your turn. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I'm listening to this podcast from the same people that make last podcast on the left. Yep. Do you listen to them? I don't listen, but I know. Yeah, right. So they, one of those guys and his wife have a spinoff podcast that they're doing. It's about the history of punk rock. Ah. And the first episode or the first bunch of episodes are about Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Okay. Just like totally my jam, right? Yeah. And so I was listening to an episode of that and they talk about when he was developing his look, some famous New York photographer took a bunch of photos of him. Yeah. And there's like full frontal nudity <laughs> of, Iggy, <laughs> of, of Iggy Pop, right? Yeah. And Iggy Pop has a gigantic dick. Really? Like he, he's like down to here, man. Like it's <laughs> fucking, it's severe. Just a mad side pipe. It's just inappropriate. Like it's an inappropriate <laughs> amount of cock, right? It's not a a cock for polite society. Uh, shit. And I was looking at the picture and I was like, like, that wouldn't make a great baseball card. <laughs> so you made a baseball card? I made a baseball card. Nice. Is it his rookie card? Because he did it when he was young? He is a slugger. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, and he's from he's from Michigan, which is Detroit, right? Yeah, so right. So I found a vintage 1970s, like 1969. That's fucking great, man. Baseball card for another player. And then I changed it to Icky Pop. And that's his real name. Is that the style of card that they would have had at that time? Yeah. Fuck, you do your homework. Yeah. And um, so that's a couple of hours of Photoshop. Are you going to make it? I made it. He did. It's in my kitchen. <laughs> I made it. I printed it on card paper. I cut it out. I bought trading card display. I fucking love you. Cases. Yeah. And stands and then placed it in our kitchen and waited for my wife to discover it. Oh, <laughs> you should, I wonder if you can get non-official cards graded. Trading Imagine card having card. it in that like thing with, with the, the label grade. where it's like. I can create a fake. PSA 11. I can create a fake one of those. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Fucking do it. Uh, so anyway. Evil it arts her, and crafts. It took her about. Evil arts and crafts. It took her about. <laughs> Uh, 15, 16 hours to notice it was there, but she did yeah. notice it was there. I thought it might be there for a few days before yeah. she before He put she it in the it. kitchen like the, the, in the afternoon before. It's in the video store. I, yeah. Old business? Did you watch um, Drive in HD in 4K? No, no, I no. didn't. Well, HD. HD. No, I should have. I haven't been watching much through the week. I told you, I'm in that kind of like depression circle where you just watch shows that you've seen over and over again. Oh, poor sad bro. Yeah, I'm not actually sad. I just... <laughs> 
just switch off when I'm, you know, done for the day. What's off? Like just mindlessly watching a show that no, I can no, no. scroll. I don't understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't I'm understand. Stuck in here. I don't know how you do it, hey. Wow, I just I'd crash. Um, yeah. I drive most of Costco yeah. in drive, I crash. Yeah. If he's doing if he's doing like mindless stuff, he's playing video games while listening to music or something. Like yeah. He'll yeah. play something he's good at. Yeah, I can't. I can't I fucking have lost my energy for games too. Mm. See, I want to fall into like COD again just because I feel like that's something where it's just mindless and you can shoot. Maybe sells the video game. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, well, I have some old business. Yeah. So one of my Twitter mutuals, whose handle is not another film nerd. That's a good handle. It is a good handle. I actually don't know their real name. They just not another film. Name. I think they live. I'm not going to tell you where they live. They're Australian. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 don't talk that, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, he's got a really cool article up on his unseen Hollywood series, which is hosted at graffitiwithpunctuation.com, cool. which is the website of Blake Howard, who makes One Heat Minute. It's an interview Graffiti with. Graffiti with punctuation. I love is that. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's an interview with Danny Mulheron who was Peter Jackson's writing partner on their version of A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6, which we oh, talked dope. about on the uh, Bad Taste episode. Yeah. yeah. And the timing of that is slightly off, mm. but I'm going to update the description for the Bad Taste episode and link that article in it. So if you've not listened to Bad Taste yet, you can listen to Bad Taste or you can go and read the article on all your podcast bullshit. Yeah, cool. It's a good article too. They get, yeah. He breaks down into like the plot and stuff. And I did know some of that details, but I, you know, we we talked for so long that I didn't want to get... Yep. Into the weeds about it. But it's cool. So if you want to know about that, then go do it. Cool. Awesome. That's it. That's my old business. That was good old business. Hmm. New business? New business? New business. New business. Nice to have a new business with you. <laughs> this week, we are America's top secret weapon that we tell everyone we meet about. We are watching Navy SEALs from 1990. Look, I have a commitment to the team. Yeah, well, the teams aren't going to last forever. I'm sorry, guys, but I cannot be a part of this funeral. Danger is its own reward. Move out together, only together. There are men who will go anywhere. You guys are crazy. Proud of it, baby. Dare anything. We're SEAL Team. We're here to get you out. They're Navy SEALs. Send me one hot. An elite fighting force. You don't gotta love it, you just gotta do it. Who don't know how to lose. Navy SEALs are paid to take risks. They're paid to die if necessary. We go in there, we hit them, and forget them. That's what we do. There's more to it than that. Come on, Lieutenant. What are the SEALs up to? Nothing special. Training. Sounds like fun. One is a leader. Let me take my team back in there. The other, a daredevil. Yeah! That's Hawkins. That's normal? No, that's abnormal. Told you to stay put. So what do you want from me, huh? You still don't get it, do you? You're looking for a rush. Well, I hope you got it. Together, they're America's designated hitters against terrorism. You're involved. I don't create the news. I report it. If America kills our people, then our people will kill Americans. We're going to Lebanon, baby. That's all you gotta know. Born to risk. We're gonna have company. Body just got bigger. Train to win. This doesn't look good. It just got worse. Charlie Sheen. Michael Bean. Joanne Wally Kilmer. Navy SEALs. Propaganda the movie. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, there is a section in this movie that is even harder propaganda than Top Gun. You're just blowing the whole podcast, like, straight up front? Sorry. Sorry. You're cut that, gonna, cut that, cut that. <laughs> no, it, it's just it's firing hard. your Stinger missile <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the top of the podcast? Yep, I am. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Lewis Teague. He's a journeyman that started as kind of a jack of all trades. He studied film at NYU, but dropped out in 1963 when he got a start on the Alfred Hitchcock Hour in television where he ended up uh, directing an episode. Um, and then in the late 60s, he dropped out and tuned in because it's the that? 60s. Oh, yeah. What references that drop out and tune in? That's what they say about the kids in the 60s. That's right. Yeah. There's some we watched where it said that, I'm sure. Maybe. Drop out and tune in. I have never heard that reference in my life, hence the blank stare I am giving oh. you right now. Thank you for verbalizing your blank stare. Otherwise, <laughs> well, it's an audio. We would just podcast. have to imagine. <laughs> then, therefore, Thank nobody you. knows yeah. that I'm blank staring. Uh huh. He ended up running an underground movie theater in LA. Sorry, That's he a ran fun an type. underground movie theater just in LA, just like black label movies, or I don't know what he was screening. Black market uh, movies. Yeah, mm. that's right. Probably they just probably, probably just shit because it's banned in Queensland. Uh-huh. Well, it's the, it's the '60s, so probably not. Unless he's also a time traveler. We are just so. <laughs> this is just not going to go well. This is just. I'm telling everybody now, it's bad podcast. He ended up returning to film as an editor a second unit director a cin- and a cinematographer and a production manager. He was a production manager on the Woodstock documentary. The recent one. Not Woodstock 99. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the original Woodstock from okay. 1969. Okay, I don't know. Bad podcast. <laughs> I didn't assume it was the new one. Well, I assumed it was where the- lots of, lots of people worked on that, on that documentary. George Lucas worked on that as a camera operator before he was George Lucas. Wow, that's mad. Yeah, all the footage that you have seen of Woodstock from 1969, that's that stuff. Oh, shit. Everybody in the mud and, you know, Hendrix and all that stuff. In 1974, he was hired by Roger Corman and New World Pictures. And I will talk about Roger Corman in detail on another day. But what I will say about Roger Corman is that he... He basically gave first jobs to pretty much every great American filmmaker of the 1970s. His name is very big. Like, I don't know why I know the name. Yeah, like, so Coppola worked for him. Scorsese worked for him. Jonathan Demme worked for him, who directed, like, Sansa Lambs and a bunch of other stuff. He's a director or producer? Roger Corman, he's both. He's all of the above. Okay, cool, But we'll talk about him. There is a particular film of his that I want to cover on the podcast that I don't own yet. Uh, yeah, kind of a legend. He's still kicking around. It's okay, great. cool. He also has cameos in movies all, all the time. He um, actually shows up in Silence of the Lambs and uh, cool. a, bunch of other, a bunch of other things. There's a movie of his that I want to find on VHS. It's the last movie that he directed. It's from the 90s that we will cover, and I will talk about him on that podcast. But I just wanted to name check him there. What Teague said, what he learned working under Corman was how to get every nickel on the screen. Like that mm. was the thing, is get all of the money on the screen. In 1979, he directed Lady in Red about John Dillinger. In 1980, he directed a movie called Alligator, which is a horror movie that's been on my watch list forever that I keep on meaning to get to. It's about an alligator in the sewer. He directed Cujo and Cat's Eye, which are both Stephen mm. King adaptations. He directed the sequel to Romancing the Stone, Jewel of the Nile. Ah. The Michael hey. Douglas. I didn't Sharon know these are, all, these are all pretty big movies. Yeah. I think that he's a workman director. He directed the Jay Leno and Pat Morita. That's Mr. Miyagi from the Credit Kid movies. Oh. Hey. Buddy Cop movie, Collision Course. Wait, wait. Jay Leno. <laughs> Jay Leno. Wow. Mr. Miyagi. So who was the buddy tough cop, guy in that? I didn't even movie. know Jay Leno did was an actor, movies. Yeah. Well, he was a stand-up comic, right? Yeah. 
He's a stand-up comic that moved into late-night hosting, but it, like most stand-up comics, he tried to have an acting career at some point. So who's right. the tough guy in that? Jay Leno. <laughs> okay, and also the comedic relief. And that chin. So he made Navy Seals after that movie, and then the movie he made directly after Navy Seals is called Wedlock with Rooker Hauer and Joan Chen. Huh. Wow. Who were both wow. Salute of the Jugger. Hey, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which I own, and I almost... Brought in as the new pick next week ah. instead of Navy SEALs, not hey. knowing that they're directed by the you, same fucking you person. You fucking bluffed this before and said you hadn't brought it in. Ten bucks if it is the new choice this week. You'll never know. <laughs> I, I, will, mean, you will, I know. will know. If you survive the podcast, you may find out. Uh, and then he directed some TV and, I mean, he directed TV through the whole thing and then a few more movies, but not anything that we would talk about. And his credits kind of end in about 2001. Written by Chuck Farrow. Maybe and Gary Goldman. Chuck was a Navy SEAL. Hey. Uh, and this movie is based on certain missions that he went on with all the details redacted so that he does not get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first writer or uncredited rewriter on movies like Sam Raimi's Dark Man, which is on the list. Hard Target. Uh, yeah. Also on the list, the Pamela Anderson star vehicle remake of Casablanca, Barb Wire. Shut oh, the fuck no. up. I did not know that existed. And some other stuff that is just not in our warehouse. Ah, uh, damn. Gary Goldman co-wrote the original screenplay of Big Trouble in Little China. Shit. With his writing partner that was then rewritten by John Carpenter and W.D. Richter. Did we think it was shit or? No, it was originally a Western. It was set in the Old West. And Fuck. They, and they updated it to modern times. So they rewrote the whole movie. This changed oh the my whole God. of the movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Okay. We're going to do Big Trouble in Little China one day. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I have so, no much, side to, track I have so much to say about yeah. that movie. <laughs> and then this movie, I'm pretty sure that the way that he's credited, he would have taken over from the original writer and done a rewrite, right, for production. He also rewrote the third act of Total Recall for Paul Verhoeven when wow. Paul Verhoeven wasn't happy with the end of that movie. And then sticking wow. with adapting Philip K. Dick's stories, he wrote a very early draft of Minority Report. Shit. When it was meant to be a sequel to Total Recall. No. Yeah. How do I not know that piece of history? I don't know. Because you don't read you the don't shit that I don't read. But like, yeah, that's very accurate. <laughs> cutting, cutting to the core there. Yeah. Uh, but wow, I feel like I should know that piece of history. His last credit was also adapted from another Philip K. Dick story. It's the Nicolas Cage movie Next, which I don't uh, want to talk about. Yep. Starring. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen as Lieutenant Junior Grade Dale Hawkins. Yeah, and he's top he's, build as he well. He's top build, yeah, because he's Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I How was wondering- How much of a Charlie Sheen was he at this point? Well, so this is, <laughs> I mean, it's 1990. He's already been in Platoon. He's been in a bunch of a bunch of stuff. He's okay. kind of on the rise. Has right? he, I need to know this, has he been in Hot Shots yet? Why are you going to spoil things? Ah, I knew shit? it, yeah. Why are you going to jump on shit? So, son of Martin Sheen, I recapped his early career. Brother the, of Emilio Estevez. Brother of Emilio Estevez. I recapped his early career on the Wraith episode, so go to listen to that. If you haven't, um, it's not my fucking job to educate you. <laughs> Actually, it kind of is listen. my job. Yeah, it yeah. is your job. Sort yeah. of his whole so point on this podcast. spicy. <laughs> <laughs> and his career and life are obviously things of legend and not always the most wholesome, but we're going to focus on but the legendary movie. nonetheless. Yeah, and... Uh, we're gonna, uh, we might talk about some other stuff that he's made in other episodes. Young Charlie Sheen is great. Yeah. Charlie Sheen, um, controversial opinion. Charlie Sheen at any age is great. Mm, okay. He became more just Charlie Sheen, like just same. Oh, yeah. I've same. got two words for you. Tiger blood. 
Oh, yeah, yeah that's he, great. He, he that's still of, great. Okay. He that became was, a bit more same-same as he got older, whereas yeah. in his younger days he played a more variety of roles and yeah. had a bit more dynamic yeah. and acted. Well, he that wasn't leads just me himself. Into, that's a fantastic segue into, into this is one of – Six movies he made in 1990. Yes. Nice. He was on a run and then he came, he went on a run after this as well. He's coming off of Major League, which, wow. was, a big, which was a big hit. He made this in 1991. He would make Hot Shots. Yeah, boy. In 93, Hot Shots Part Two and The Three <laughs> Musketeers for Disney. In 94, Terminal Velocity and Major League Two. And in 1996, The Arrival. Yeah, um, see variety. And Wait. Was the arrival that was made recently? Was that a review? No. Okay, I was arrival, thinking, not yeah. the arrival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're two different movies. Got to check. You do not. <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly, that's where he kind of takes a different road. And this is not a podcast about that road. He's one of those people that were unique because he did serious action, but also did campy comedy. Yeah. which made fun of action, which I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, so did Amelia. Yeah, 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 true. And they were almost two halves of the same coin. They I mean, did yeah. movies parodying each other at one point, didn't they? Oh, uh, kind of. I mean, so Charlie Sheen has Hot Shots. Amelia Estevez has Loaded Weapon 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loaded Weapon 1, better movie than both the Hot Shots movies. Shut up. Absolutely. Loaded Weapon. Yeah. It makes fun of Lethal Weapon. It makes fun of all the uh, cop Oh, okay. And so it's the cop version parody of... Hot in, shot. It's a way better. In honor of this movie, I watched Hot Shots 2 last night. Oh, good. <laughs> good for you. He's been in tons of TV stuff, but I've never even seen any of it. I've never seen a single episode of that show that he was on that I don't want to say the name of. <laughs> I never even saw when he took over from Michael J. Fox in Spin City. Oh, really? Yeah. Never saw it. I saw that. Okay. I mean, I saw that other show as well that we will not name, but um, that's because I was a child. And there is a point where I, I thought he woke up in that other show. Can we not name that other show? I don't want to. I okay. Don't. I, can't <laughs> um, I did see him in Spin City, though. I feel like he was good in Spin City. Well, it's Bill Lawrence from who wrote Scrubs, who created Scrubs. It's yeah. his show before Scrubs. Yeah. And I liked that show, but yeah, I also- Yeah, that's why I was surprised that you didn't even see a single uh, episode It's with also that. an era of television where you would just miss episodes and it, I was a yeah. child and it's on and, you know. Mm. Michael Bean as Lieutenant James Curran. The man. Yeah, Michael Bean's great. His first movie is Grease. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, he's an extra in two scenes. Oh, okay. He's the guy Travolta hits in the stomach with the basketball in the basketball scene. No, ah. I, don't, I don't remember. I didn't know that. I've seen that movie too many times. I've it's seen like one of my sister's favorites. His big break, of course, is as Kyle Reese in The Terminator and then as Corporal Hicks in Aliens. Yeah. And then as Lieutenant Coffey in The Abyss. All with James Cameron. I always forget The Abyss. Always well, forget it. You know why you forget The Abyss? Why? Because The Abyss does not exist in HD anywhere in the world. That's there's never weird. been a there's never been a HD release of of the abyss. It anyway. was pretty popular. Yes, James Cameron. Yeah, all he has to do is watch a print of it, the 4K scan of it, and tick a box, and they will release that movie into the world in 4K. <sighs> and he has not done that because he's too busy making Avatar movies. Yeah, I can't hate that. I'm I'm all about Avatar. I know it's a controversial opinion. You're excited for the new one. I fucking love it. They I started love, shooting Avatar four this week. I fucking love. I fucking love the whole like world. I don't care. I don't care. I know it's a terrible opinion. People hate it. Love what you love, man. Yeah. I fucking love Titanic. Yeah. I mean, but everyone loves Titanic. That's not true. Really? No, that's not true. I love Titanic. I love Titanic. I didn't but, uh, everybody in this room. I don't Titanic. think. It, I don't think it's controversial. But there are def- definitely people who don't like that movie. Oh, yeah. Because there's people who don't like every movie. True. Yeah. There's no internet. movie that is universally loved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially after the internet. Yeah. 
He's Johnny fucking Ringo in Tombstone, which I would rewatch recently. And Jesus Christ, that's a hell of a movie. It's a hell of a picture. Yeah, I don't know that movie very well. Yeah. I don't even know if I've seen it. Uh, yeah, well, don't worry about it. You'll yeah, see it. mad. He's in The Rock, where he plays essentially the same character as he plays in this movie. He I can't a, picture it. He's a Navy SEAL. He's one of the like guys that gets killed in the uh, in the when they first Flame go tunnels. In, when they first go into Alcatraz, they first pop up. It's a trap, and then yeah. they have the big the they have the big gunfight in like a like a bathroom yeah 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 he dies in that sequence Ah, spoilers spoilers for the rock (laughs) yeah great film yeah um and then a slow shift into director video and now streaming movies yeah what happened with him he was a big dude for a while and i i don't understand why he has not had a resurgence the way that other actors of his era have where is the director that grabs that guy and then gives him the older role of a lifetime the like why not to be honest in all of his movies when i've seen him and i'm like hey it's it's fucking that guy he doesn't stick out he's not a massive charismatic actor you know he seems grumpy kind of yeah yeah he seems prickly and grumpy in everything in aliens i don't think that's a problem in aliens and terminator fucking love him yeah yeah but like yeah, it's just something about him. It's not super. He he melds behind the main focus mm. of those movies. He is still working. He was recently on an episode of The Mandalorian. Oh. Which I don't watch, so I don't know. Yeah, and, and also Walking Dead, which again, I don't watch, so I don't know. What? The newest season, I think. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Joanne. That's still being made? What the fuck? They should quit a while ago. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> we did this we already? already? We already My memory, this. man. You two, like, yelled at we each other. Having memory okay. leakage. We did 20 minutes that I cut out of a podcast, <laughs> but but saved to use in court against you. Because <laughs> I lawyered the fuck out of you on that one. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Joanne Wiley-Kilmer as Claire Varens. She's British. She's not American. Oh. That always throws you. Yep. Yeah. She was a child actor on, like, British soaps and stuff. Oh, okay. So she grew up kind of on British television. Floated with the fringes of the Manchester New Wave scene. She was a singer in a, in a okay. punk band. Fuck yeah. But never really never really um, took it off. And then kept acting into adulthood. I know her from this movie, but I also Willow with, ah. Val, with Val Kilmer. Willow. Uh, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. We've talked about it. You said that last time I mentioned it on the fucking uh, podcast. Memory <laughs> leakage, man. Yeah. They married which is why her last name is Kilmer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like I need popcorn for this section of the pop. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's like a movie having this stuff like played out. I'm like, yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> I'm telling a story. You are. She's kept working, but not anything that we would talk about on the podcast. Okay. She is in the Willow TV show that's coming to Disney Plus huh. sometime. Other cast members, of course, I will name check as we talk our way through the motion picture experience, and there are many. There are fucking, there are yeah. big cast. Be prepared for me to to me to uh, extol on what? the virtues of many of the other cast members. I can't believe that this movie, with the cast it has, is not bigger. Like, I've heard of this movie. I've never, like, it's not one of those movies that you have to see, you know? Yeah. I'll talk about that a little bit in a, in a, okay. in a later section. We'll kind of talk about this movie's cultural relevance. Yeah, sure. As we usually do. Trailers, no trailers. No because trailers. It's, no trailers. it's a retail tape, so there's no trailers on it. Who's going to recap the premise of Navy Seals? Brody did it last week. It's definitely Kira's turn. I can do this in four words. Yep. This is an easy one. <laughs> Wait, I, I reckon five I can do this. Five words. I reckon I can, can I, do this. Can I, can I guess? 
but then I don't get to say. But but I feel like I, I can guess. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Out, can I write it down on a piece yeah, of paper? Yeah, you can write it down <laughs> on a piece of paper. I reckon I can guess the five yeah, words Yeah, it's not as well. difficult. I'm, I'm going to write it on my phone just to see if we all do it. It's six words. No, it's not. It's five. Okay. Yeah, I got five. Top Gun with Navy Seals. Ooh, I had Top Gun but Navy Seals. I did not have that, but I did have the word Top Gun. <laughs> what did you have? No. What did you have? You have to tell us. I had, I had not as good as Top Gun. Oh. Uh, that's good. That's not a premise. Oh, uh, yeah, but I, yeah. That was the first, the only thing, you know, how we do the, um, where I'm allowed to tell him one thing after we watch the movie because we're not allowed to talk about it. My yeah. thing was, it's not as good as Top Gun. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. But that's not the premise. The premise is that it's Top Gun with Navy Seals. Yeah, it that's 100% what it is. What it is. It's Call of Duty the movie. Yeah. Jen yeah. Maslin? No. <sighs> Stop jumping ahead. Fucking Jen. No, I'm not saying no to Janet Maslin. I'm saying no, stop jumping ahead. So maybe there is a Janet Maslin. Let's get excited. (laughs) Okay. In the blockbuster guide to movies and videos from the year 1998, the entry for Navy SEALs reads thusly, Cracker Jack military outfit sets out to destroy missiles illegally obtained by terrorists. Military shoot them up, keeps the action coming, and features a manic sheen. Three stars. (laughs) He is manic in this. I was like, is this a kind of druggy phase for him? I mean, it's always a drug. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Janet Maslin of the New York Times did not reveal ah, his name. Fucking Janet. Peter, we need to make a new friend. Yeah, I know. Peter Rainier of the LA Times in July of 1990 wrote, The only pertinent question raised by Navy SEALs is this. Now that the Ruskies are no longer the bad guys, who will be the new movie meanies? I mean, they hit the nail on the head. The answer, a loss, would appear to be fanatical Arabs. At least if this movie is any indication. I'm coming back in after the recap section, which I always cut out. Sheen's character doesn't make any sense. At least any psychological sense. <laughs> in the various commando raids that we see him casually terminate possibly innocent civilians without a quiver of conscience. We appear to be looking at some sort of new style psychopath. But the role is played for laughs. And Sheen has enough gusto that he actually gets them. But the reactionary empty-headedness of this R-rated movie gets to you. Spoiling whatever comic strip entertainment it might have had. In the Rambo movies... You'd almost have to be as much of a lunkhead as Rambo to take the politics seriously. But Navy SEALs, directed by Lewis Teague, isn't scaled to be a cartoon. It's more like a hypercharged military training film. If we have to have bad guys in international thrillers, maybe it's worth reverting to the heyday of James Bond and bringing back Blowfield and Smirsh and all those pan-global equal opportunity bullies. Peter Rooney of the LA Times. Interesting points. There are some interesting points, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there is. Yeah. We'll, so we'll timing-wise, is this when... Because he, he mentions that now Russia's not the, the enemy, so who's going to be next? Why is 1990 the year that that is the case? The wall came down in 80. Yeah. Ah. The Soviets no longer exist. It's the is, end of the Cold War. Right. Is this Gulf War period? It's a year before the Gulf War. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Fucking called it. I was surprised at them just flat out naming places. Yeah. Because I've kind of gotten used to fake the, names. The Top Gun effect? Yeah. Even in the newest Top Gun, they don't say what where yeah. the mission is. Yeah, and like, they either don't say where the missions are or it's like in Iron Eagle or places or other movies like that where they either come up with fake names. Pumps. Yeah. Palmstan. Like <laughs> it's it's either fake names or they don't mention it at all or they mention like the region but they don't name the country. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to the Middle East but we're not going to name somewhere. But this time it didn't even just name it. It's I, written on the bottom of the screen. And, it, and it, it, A couple of times it uh, it does obscure titles and a couple of times they just say flat out where, they, where they're going. Yeah. yeah. And they also insert themselves into a real conflict which yeah. is like <laughs> – 
Yeah. Pretty, pretty nuts. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, oh, I bumped on that every time it happened because it was like, that seems weird that we would just, we're going to just call these guys out. Okay. Yeah, I didn't That's bump on it. That's what's happening now. I didn't bump on it just because I, I, am, I feel like I'm used to it because of the amount of dumb action that I watch. Yeah, it's probably, probably that's. Kira and I, as I mentioned last week, have been watching a lot of older action movies. Yeah. Even stuff that we're eventually going to talk about in the podcast, but yeah, we've just been kind of yeah, done yeah, yeah. it, right? I'll have forgotten be a, it by the time a, we yeah, watch yeah. it anyway. So stuff like Commando, right? Yeah. And movies of that era. And they always create a fake country. Val Verde. Yeah. Right? Which is the country in Commando. Yeah. Is a fake South American country. I mean, Rambo goes to Afghanistan. Rambo goes to Vietnam. He does yeah. do that. He just goes to those actual places and usurps himself into real combat, real conflicts, or, yeah. you know, wins the Vietnam War in the 80s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's kind of, a mi- kind of a mix. I think this movie is trying to be two things at once. It's trying to be an entertaining action vehicle for Charlie Sheen and Michael Bann, but it's also trying to be very respectful and be very realistic to the experience of being a Navy SEAL. And I think that there are parts of that movie where those two things are in absolute fucking conflict with each other. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was wondering- Because wouldn't Charlie Sheen be fired? Charlie Sheen- <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I usually prepare a little like- here's how I feel about the movie and I sprinkle this stuff kind of through. But one of my dot points, I'm just going to blow right now, which is Charlie Sheen is a fucking psychopath in this movie. And Charlie Sheen would not have been a Navy SEAL because he would not have passed the psych evaluation. (laughs) And Charlie Sheen's character absolutely did war crimes in the first Gulf War. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. They're trying to make him a fun character and have Mm. a good time. But they, but the movie is also really serious about the, about the politics and it's, and it's action. And I feel those two things do not work with each other, work with each other. I feel as well because it's Sheen as well. They couldn't make him totally unlikable. Well, that's the, what the review says is yeah. Charlie Sheen is kind of likable. So you kind of are on his side, which makes it even more fucked up oh, his behavior. Yeah. Just to jump ahead quickly and we don't have let's, to comment. Let's not jump, let's not jump right. ahead. Let me continue the way. One thing I, I did want to ask. Through, through it in the context of the movie. Yeah. One thing I did want to ask on the location though is I, th- I was thinking maybe it's because it's a future. Um, it, it's almost it's like not, a future bad guy. Um, not a future bad guy. But like we're okay, maybe we can cut this out. But like, no. do you mean that we're not currently like in 1990? We weren't in conflict with those people with terrorists. Yeah, they weren't. Terrorists in- have always been bad guys. Terrorists have already been bad guys in movies for for years and years. Yeah, right. Okay. I so thought when maybe the, it when was the like, reviewer says that they're going to be the new bad guy, they're they mean in to- terms of uh, Arabs and Muslim people have already been bad guys in movies like fucking Delta Force and lower budget exploitation cinema for like a, oh, for a long right. time already. Right. What they're talking about is major conflict. I. It's not the Russians anymore. Oh, right. like so, war, like war, war. Not the future of movies. Not right. the future yeah. of movies. They're talking about the future of future of actual war. Right. Right. Because Thank by this you. point, we're already demonizing Saddam. Yep. Yes, right. thank you. That's kind of what I was... And Gaddafi. Right. Would that have yeah. been like Navy Ura- SEALs giving advice? Yeah, that makes sense because this is 90s and that's basically when all that stuff It's all when all that stuff off. kicks off. Just to go to like, would that be like maybe the Navy going, oh, make these guys the bad guys kind of thing? No, I it's just like the reality. It's the price. reality of the situation. Okay, cool, that, cool, cool. At that point, right? Yeah, thank you. Right, I'll let you start yeah. describing the movie. I'm not even there yet. Oh, no. <laughs> I even, you guys jumped so far ahead. I haven't even talked about the, my backstory. Oh. oh, yeah. What was your backstory with this movie, Ken? Oh, thanks for the This prompt. would have had to be an older one. 1990, he's eight. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining the back end of the podcast. I'm cutting all this out. 
My backstory with this movie. I think for a lot of people of my age, this is the movie that introduced the idea of the Navy SEALs, the concept of Navy SEALs. To wow. I can't believe that's something that, that needed to be done. They didn't really exist. Well, they were publicly denied. Their existence is publicly denied. At this point, the idea of SEAL Team 6, which is who they're meant to be, by the way, is classified. Hence the text ah. at the start of the movie. So- People know that Navy SEALs exist, but what they do and their actions are all completely classified. So they're not in the public consciousness. This is the movie that brings them to public consciousness. Right. You know, Devil May Care Men on a Mission with a cool, loose cannon recklessness of Tom Cruise and Top Gun, but with the skills of a ninja and guns. Yeah, yeah. mad. <laughs> right? And I remember talking about this movie on Schoolyard. It's one of those movies. Like, yeah. It, it had a moment in the public, con- in the public consciousness. So it did have a cinema release and everything. It has cinema release. It wasn't a hit in cinemas. It found an audience on home video with like pretty much all the movies that we talk about. And I remember it being a big deal on, on home video when it when it came out. It also has become a bit of a punchline movie. Kevin yeah. Smith makes fun of it in Clerks. They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals. It's like in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. It's kind of a joke movie for yeah. a little while. And- the thing is, uh, now though, is like coming into it. It's an interesting it, that way joke, to see. That joke period is past. Yeah. yeah. And it's basically forgotten yeah. at this point. So it's interesting. Yeah, I had heard the it. title, but I don't know where I had heard it. Yeah, yeah I've definitely heard it. I think I've probably it. like heard it in lists of movies that yeah. Charlie Sheen is in. <laughs> yeah, probably. True. And I have not seen this since the 90s. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the kind of movie you would search out. Well, my me- here's the thing is, my memory of this movie is very different than the movie. <laughs> I'm going to just throw this out is there. Is it funnier or more serious in your memory? It's way funnier. Oh. See, the is funny it beca- thing is- Is it because the uh, jokes haven't aged well that no. you may have found them funny when you were a child? No. It's just that I remember all the fun stuff. Oh. Yeah. So I remember the golf montage. Yeah. And I remember Charlie Sheen jumping off a fucking- car into a into a river yeah and i remember all the fuck around stuff and i remember none of the political context and none of the other stuff an and i knew there was action in, in this movie hey? mm-hmm. um but let me let me keep going because okay. we've got to get into the movie and then we can, yep, then yep, we yep, can yep, start yep. talking about it so this movie's streaming in most parts of the world on mgm plus so enough. if you've got amazon prime you can add it mgm plus or just have mgm plus standalone and you can find find this movie the print that's on um, uh, MGM Plus is pretty good. It's a pretty good scan. Yeah, I watched it this morning. Yeah, there's also a Blu-ray that's widely available. You can rent it basically everywhere. So it's a movie that's still floating around, even if it isn't within the uh, public consciousness. So let's talk our way through. Yeah. Can we talk about how the beginning of this movie is a complete ripoff of Top Gun? No, because we're <laughs> going to talk about the fact that it opens with the Orion Pictures logo first. Okay, fine. I love <laughs> the Orion Pictures logo. <laughs> Very well then. That's the Orion Pictures logo is fantastic. After that, the beginning of this movie is a complete and total ripoff <laughs> yeah, of we, Top Gun. It's exactly the same. Yeah, we open in the danger zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the way that the words on screen are like the style the, of- the, the music. Yeah, it's all exactly like you could probably put the two pieces of text next to each other and go, yeah, they're using basically the How same words. How far apart are they? Top Gun's 86. So this is four years later. Four years, okay. They just copied it. Yeah. <laughs> so we get opening text, just like in Top Gun, 
1962, President Kennedy, believing that the wars of the future would be low-intensity conflicts such as guerrilla wars and acts of terrorism, created an elite special forces unit to meet the enemy on his own toes. Experts in sea, air, and land operations, they are known as... Top Gun. <laughs> Maybe Navy SEALs. <laughs> and then via radio chatter, we hear a mayday call. We hear a mayday call from a tanker, the Kuwaiti Star. And on the US warship Yankee Bravo, a radio operator reports that to his supervisors and they dispatch a rescue helicopter. When they get to the tanker, it's on fire and adrift and the warship is sending backup for the helo, but the helo pilot doesn't think that they can wait. So he gets permission to launch a rescue. As he's coming around, unidentified gunboat, that was hiding behind the tanker and it opens fire on the helo and it goes down. It's a pretty strong opening. Mm. It's all real, which is kind of cool. Cool. The fire effect on the on the tanker is great. They're just like blowing gasoline through a pipe to make it look like the tanker's on fire. So did they get a lot of help from the Navy the same way Top Gun got a lot of help from the Air Force? Not from the American Navy. Oh. Interesting. Canadian Navy. The Canadian, yeah, it's Canada. Oh. It's not he Canada. was joking. Oh. <laughs> she knows what that face is. You don't know what that face is? I just c- couldn't believe I might have been right for a second. The Spanish. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Because it's all shot in the Mediterranean. Right. Now, that leads me to a question of, was there American involvement in this movie like there was with Top Gun? Yes, there is some technical advisors. There's no American military hardware on okay. display. It's all Spanish hardware. Huh. All the helicopters, all the all the ships. Did everything, they paint them sp- at all to make them look more American? Or no, is they that buy just them what from they- the Americans. Oh right, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that make it confusing? Well, they're not in conflict with each other. Yeah, but if they're both around, they'd be like, "Is that mine or is that yours?" <laughs> well, the Spanish flag usually gives it away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. As it does later on in the movie where you can spot a spanner. Oh, that's <laughs> gold. We cut to a dead body on a beach. No, that's just sorry. Charlie Sheen as Hawkins. I did not know that that was a body on the VHS. I only learnt that that was a body, that that was Charlie Sheen when I watched the, the HD this morning. But you see him get up and walk towards the camera. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was two separate things. Oh, <laughs> right. Because the... But when it's further away, it just looked like a pile of clothes or something, like something had just washed up on the beach. I mean, Charlie Sheen does look like I a pile expected of it to be washed back into the ocean was what I thought was about to happen. And then, right. and then it cut to closer and he stands up and walks away. And in my head, I just said, okay, that's There's two separate there, things. Yeah, right. This but is the part then where in the, in the, H, in the HD, up. when you first see it, it's like, oh, that's Charlie Sheen on the beach. Oh, that makes way more sense. Then yeah. why are we caring about this jacket being washed away? True story. This wasn't scripted. They just found him on that beach. <laughs> This is the part where he, like, dead set looks like he's just woken up in that show that we won't name. Okay. Don't you reckon? I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh, you've never seen it? I don't know what he looks like. (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. He wakes up and and heads up to a beach house on the shore, and we get a little title telling us that we're in Norfolk, Virginia, so that we know where we are. He doesn't know where he is. It's hard to see on the VHS, but Bill Paxton's character... Is meditating in a lotus position in the yes, left of frame. <laughs> Fucking love Bill. We'll get to Bill Paxton. Let's talk about Bill Paxton when he shows up. But he has just a little. He has little Paxton. moments. Yeah, I really wish they used him more. But he has little moments that I love. Yeah. At the door of the beach house, uh, hungover Michael Bean as Curran yells, "Hawkins, where's Graham? Cheers." Get married, 30 minutes. Yeah, I feel like yeah. he should or they should all already be ready if he, they, get, they, they need to 
travel and it takes a second to put on a tie. <laughs> I don't believe any of these boys know how to do it themselves. But they are, they're no, army they, men, they so they military know how to get... dress. So. Yeah, but I reckon one of them does all of their ties. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Karen finds him out front. Graham or Chief, as they call him, and I'm going to call him Chief throughout the running time, is played by Dennis Haysbert. Big man. He's in Major League 1 and 2 with Charlie Sheen, a Tom Selleck baseball movie called Mr. Baseball. He's in Heat. Yeah. He's the president in 24, where yeah. he starts as a senator and then becomes the president in 24, and still working in a lot of movies. movies he's in fucking TV. everything. Yeah, he's in lots of stuff. Yeah. Shows up all over the place. Yeah. Chief is having uh, cold feet about getting married. He stopped drinking and started thinking. I don't. I don't fucking know how, why they why they did this co- like crisis of conscience spit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> because for later. Is it just to be like really toxic male, like and show like humor? No, it's setting up that these. I guys, did that in air quotes for the audience. We can hear them. <laughs> it's setting up that these guys have the kind of lives where it's weird to be married and stay married because in a second yeah. we find out that Karen's twice divorced, right? Yeah, right. They right. don't live a lifestyle that is conducive to having a wife. Because you can't wife tell your family. wife anything that you're doing ever. Yeah, interesting. So it's about that. It's really, this movie does do a pretty okay job at establishing the characters in terms of in terms of what kind of man becomes a Navy SEAL. I, I, I got all of that from Charlie other Shane. things, though. I just didn't get the crisis of conscience about getting I think it's, it's also I think to it's set a, up a moment later yeah. like, that we will talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think it's a, little, it's a little bit to do with, obviously, what Kean said of Navy SEALs don't usually get married, but it's also, like, guys getting cold feet in the 90s. Wedding movies, like yeah, movies, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like a toxic like, male kind of shit. I don't shit. even know whether that's toxic. That's just but the way they talk about it. It is, you know. Yeah, but that's not the way he talks about it. Yeah, true. And, and he's the, the one that's of, choosing to get married. True. So and really most of that matters. comes from Hawkins in a second. And yeah. That is true. And that is, and he's supposed to be. Toxic. You're right. <laughs> it does all come from Hawkins. Yeah. 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 In Curran's sweet open top Jeep. I love that Jeep, by the way. They're on their way to the church, and Curran is still trying to convince. Chief, that's a good idea to get married. And yeah, he's Hawkins convincingly right driving as My well. My next note is literally Hawkins is the devil on his shoulder. Don't do it. Ah, uh, interesting. Right? We find out that Karen's been divorced twice, and Chief is not very convinced. He's kind of yeah. like, yeah, I sort of want to get married. It's um, it's Bean that's driving, right? Yeah. His work with the steering wheel is so unconvincing. I did not notice. It's just like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, I'm not well, driving right. on a real road. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Hawkins won't be part of the funeral procession and he jumps off the Jeep over the railing into the water yeah, below what? the bridge that they are crossing. It looks so, fun. So this is someone that you you are best He's friends with. He's a wild with. man. You are best friends with this man. He it not only is invited to your wedding, invited to your bucks. He's one of your boys. and I don't know if he's invited to the wedding. Well, he does turn up. He does jump no, off. No, he just arrives in time. But he says, I'm not coming to this funeral procession yeah, yeah, because yeah. he was coming originally. Yeah, but that's because that's his personality. Like you're in too much. Like, if you think that this should cause some type of great grudge between their two houses. No, no, you're no. You're, like, totally on the on the. Not at all. I'm just track. saying it's just, it's a weird thing. Every every choice this character makes throughout the movie is very strange. I'm not going to justify a single thing that Hawkins does in this movie. Yeah, it's but bizarre. it's not about his relationship with Chief, it's about setting him up as a wild man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah not about you're that. right. You're that, right. That, that doesn't, play, on, that doesn't strong. play into To be it. honest, he's strong. also, the way that character is the whole way through the movie, he is the best friend of this guy that the wife doesn't want at the wedding. Yeah. yeah. So nobody and cares if he doesn't turn up. Yeah, he does, like, <laughs> pull his, like, commanding officer from a date at one point and then he's like... <laughs> Absolute asshole. Yeah. So yeah. this is definitely the, the man that yeah. the wife doesn't want there anyway. Yeah. It's about him. It's not about his relationship. With yeah. Okay. 
on the shot where he jumps over the railing, you can see that they have built a little platform that extends like a plank off the back of the Jeep to uh, get him closer to the railing and to uh, give him a firm place to jump off of. That's not actually him. No, the stuntman. And there is a shot bag on the bridge on the side of the road to give him a visual marker for when he needs to jump for it to be safe. Ah, I didn't ah. notice that. Yeah. Do we need That's to explain smart. what a shot bag is? Yeah, it's just a bag full of... It's sand, a, it's a yeah. sand bag. Yeah, it's yeah. a yeah. production thing. Yeah, people, use, we use them on film sets to yeah. secure gear or to mark use them things. as marker. Yeah. As a marker. yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. It's good fun. I would yeah. do that. You would. I would. <laughs> they reverse back and throw him his jacket. Yeah. Consider it. <laughs> yeah, he's a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> At the church... Chief's fiance is about to walk down the aisle and Chief is still not into it. Chief's fiance, Joe, is played by S. Empatha Merkelson, who is Miles Dyson's wife in Terminator 2, which Michael Bean is in, huh. in a scene that was cut out, but he is in the special edition. <laughs> huh. Nice. Um, yeah, they do this chick dirty. They're not trying to hide that they're, they're doing not trying that. to hide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Around the church. As she's walking down the aisle, pages start beeping and the boys have to go right now and he will call her when he can. That seems yeah. inaccurate, but also like, yeah. I think it is kind of accurate. I think that's kind of the idea of that kind of, what the, it's, probably, it's the extreme version of, of yeah. what that lifestyle it's, is. Even if you're getting married, you answer the call. It's like, can't we just do the marriage in five minutes quickly? And it's like, no, because you need to, there's a helicopter waiting for you to yeah. take you somewhere. Yeah, the helicopter. I mean, it does set up the bit later, but yeah. yeah. The boys mount up and roll out as some random dude drops off Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. He just that. gets out the back of like a-, a He year. clearly hitchhiked. Yeah. <laughs> he clearly hitchhiked, yeah. Uh, he probably the, didn't even like put his thumb out. He probably just jumped on the back of someone's <laughs> car and then leaned into the window and yelled, hey, take st- me to the church. Yeah, and stop here. <laughs> uh, he asks if it's over. And the response is, it never happened. Balloon went up, get in. And then Seaport Eastern Mediterranean, may as well say someplace, somewhere. (laughs) We get some accurate stuff and we also get some vague stuff. And Mm. there's also like titles on things that don't need titles. Washington, D.C. Yeah. When I can see the Washington Monument. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's in so many movies. Yeah. It sets a tone. And enter the big bad. (laughs) Nicholas Cady, born Namir El Cady as Ben Shahid. Shahid yells at his men to load the trucks quickly and choose out one of his other guys for attacking the helicopter and drawing the attention of the Americans. We'll find out why that's a big deal in a second. So we have our intelligent buddy. Yeah. And the second in command is wearing a New York Mets t-shirt, which is (laughs) odd choice and also go Yanks. Shahid orders his guys to get rid of them, meaning the Americans that they've captured and leaves. And the second in command just walks over and executes one of the Americans and I mean, the squib is real chunky. He's made, <laughs> I appreciate chunky squibs. I, I like a chunky squib, yeah. but in that moment, it's actually quite shocking. The Americans try to fight back a little bit and then kind of are trying to get loose and then inburst the seals who make short work of pretty much everybody. Clear, 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 bang, real clear. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I appreciated, well, what I didn't realize is that we're going to see multiple encounters. And then when they just burst straight in, I was like, oh, okay. This is like they're ready to run and gun and we're going to get some other business. I thought it was just going to be straight up war the whole time. Yeah. Interesting. I did yeah. appreciate that in all of these kind of war scenes, there was still a little bit of character in the characters. There wasn't tons of it. It wasn't like the last yeah. movie, 
but even just the real clear, there were just these little moments where you can see that the actors are still playing their role yeah. and there were lines for them or like the way they reacted to things were in character. It wasn't just Navy SEAL 1 does this, Navy SEAL 2 does this. It was actually the characters, yeah. which in a movie like this could have easily just been not there yeah. other than Charlie Sheen's the character. The supporting SEALs yeah. could have just been blank slate. Yeah, there everybody a- would have been normal except Charlie Sheen in yeah. a lot of other movies. So I did appreciate that. Yeah, there is a couple of guys in the crew that I would, would, did confuse a couple of times, like yeah. who's that guy, who's that guy, but most of them have kind of distinct personalities. Yeah. And also you kind of understand their roles. Yeah. yeah. You understand their roles within the team. Which Without is very, it being like super, super obvious, obvious like, or like, yeah. like it, beating you over the head Paxton. with it. It's yeah. just kind yeah. of like, oh yeah, you're, you're clearly in charge. You're clearly reliable. You're a wild card. You're, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. having a good time, but you're going to do what you're told. Yeah. Hmm. Karen uses the team's call sign, Bad Karma. Yeah, and, I liked that. Yeah, I like it too. And I'm going to use it through the whole podcast. And radios <laughs> in that they have three passengers and a header for LZ1. They're gathering up all the documents in the room for, for the intelligence boys and girls back home. And Shahid is about to come into the room when he spots the seals and ducks back inside and closes the door. I like this move. One of the hostages is in a bad way and Ramos – one of the seals is filming everything with a handy cam. They're documenting everything. Mm. Is it normal for it to be video rather yes. than just photos? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these days they're all wearing body actual cams. Body, yeah. body cams and stuff. But back then, yeah, they would have just documented everything. On a handy Because cam. then intelligent, it's like having the, it's like the, the intelligence guy being able to be in the room yeah. and, watch, yeah. and watch back. I just feel like photography back then would have been more stable in terms of if you yeah, break the camera, you'll still have some photos. They left. probably would have done, they probably would that, it, he probably would have been doing both. Right. He probably would have been taking photos and filming video, but. We just show the video part. Yeah, exactly. And Charlie Shin's an idiot for acting like that when cameras pointed at you. Yeah. Not that we've gotten there yet. Yeah. And Hawkins can't help himself. He goes loud. He uses a shotgun to blast the hinges off a door that he can't get through. And it's the room that Shahid went into and he finds him beaten, pretending that he's an Egyptian hostage. They put his face on tape and Charlie Sheen wants to kill him, but they don't really have time. So they leave him so that they can motor to the, to the LZ. Why and don't they have time? It doesn't take time to pull the trigger when you already have the gun to the guy's head. Uh, I think he wants to fuck around. Yeah, I think it was just the way to get him to leave. Yeah, yeah. obviously plot, but I mean just in reality. Yeah. yeah, I just wonder in real life, like if they have calls like that to make and they're like, oh, is this someone who's probably important? Do we just take him out well, or do it, we? Charlie Sheen is kind of, I mean, Charlie Sheen's, Hawkins is kind of a psycho, right? But what would they would really probably do is want to be able to question him or take him with them. Yeah. But they don't have the facility to do yeah. that. And the goal is to get is to do the is to take the hostages. Yeah. Is to rescue the hostages. It's yeah. funny that this is the second movie in a row where someone just pretends to be not a the hostage, bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're compromised because of Hawkins. Yeah. They, they comprom- Hawkins compromises the mission yeah. by, by and this is where shotgun. he would have been suspended yeah, at the it. very least. Like, like <laughs> he de- went loud. like debrief that guy goes on leave. Yeah. Like that guy's not yeah. going back on mission. Because these are supposed to be like the best of the best guys as well. So you don't have guys that are going to go off the handle like that. Yeah. I, I often wonder attract, about that It does that, attract though. the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yeah. But you still wouldn't compromise your friend. Yeah. Which is what you were doing. But mm. that's his whole plot. Yeah. So, and yeah. we'll talk about that. The SEALs begin to exfil. On the street, they spot some bad guys and Hawkins wants to engage, but Karen kind of shakes him off. Hawkins crosses the street with Chief. And he calls Current over and they get spotted, meaning that they do have to engage. And I cut, the movie doesn't really play it, but it kind of feels like Hawkins knows that if he calls him over right now, he'll get spotted. 
Oh, uh, that's interesting. Right? Like, I don't know if that's just me, but based on his behavior, because it kind of shows of his movie. angle and then shows people, and it's like he sees people. Well, almost. it actually shows a blank window, and then he looks over at Karen and calls him over. But I think he probably has a vibe that there's somebody around. Oh. Right? Remus radios into God. God here. God, we got a single shooter southeast tower. Yeah, I see him. God here. Oh, I love it. Bill Paxton as Floyd God Dane, their Overwatch sniper. I mean, it's Bill fucking Paxton. And what a fucking sniper he is. Yeah. His work with James Cameron alone. He's the punk at the start of Terminator with yeah. Michael Bean. Another connection. Everybody's in everything yeah. in this movie. Aliens, True Lies, Titanic. By the way. True Lies. I forgot about that. He's great in True Lies. Yeah. Another movie that does not exist in HD. What? Same. That was massive. Yeah, I know. They're both Fox movies. That's absurd. Yep. There's no Blu-ray. What the fuck? You can't Is, stream that movie. You anymore. can't. can't stream the I fully either. was thinking about watching that with Ellie the other day. You can't stream it. Fuck. Because it doesn't exist in HD. Damn it. Again, there is a 4K. All James Cameron needs to do is watch it and tick a box. Damn it. By the way, uh, Cameron cast Paxton in Terminator because they had both worked in the art department as construction guys and art direction guys. For Roger Corman. I love that. I love that. And then also without James Cameron, Streets of Fire, Commando, Near Dark, Predator 2, Next of Kin, Tombstone, also with Michael Bean, Mm. Twister, A Simple Plan, Twister, Edge of Tomorrow, and Nightcrawler. Hey. Edge of Tomorrow. Fuck, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, he passed away in 2017. (sighs) And yes. That fucking sucks. As the internet says, he's the only person to have been killed by an alien, a predator, and a terminator. <laughs> he's the best. Paul went out for God, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Fucking oath. And I fucking it's it fucking sucks that he's gone. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love I love him and pretty much everything. Game over, man. Game over, man. Yeah. Also in my research, I discovered that he directed the music video for the Barnes and Barnes novelty song, Fish Heads. Fish Heads. Fish heads, fish heads, fish heads, fish heads, eat them up, young. Fish heads, fish heads, roly-poly fish heads, fish heads, fish heads, eat them up, young. In the morning, laughing happy fish heads, in the evening, floating in the soup. Fish heads. That's lost on me. And that piece of trivia is mostly for Scott. Hi, Scott. (laughs) We love you, Scott. Scott loves that song. Back with God and Bad Karma. God mercs a few dudes with his 50 cal, including through through walls. I had no idea there were 50 cal sniper rifles, but it makes so much sense. Bad Karma moves out and engages with heavy resistance. They need to move the injured hostage because they're losing him and shift to LZ2 as LZ1 is hot. Karen tells Hawkins to cool down as he's pissing him off. Would we have gotten this chatter this army lingo in in movies prior to this was this kind of known talk it's very amped up in this yeah yeah okay i feel like i probably know most of the military that's the thing because i was watching it from this i was watching it going oh i know what all of these things mean but like you also played call of duty yeah, that's the thing. And I was We've just been, wondering, like, at the time, oh, was this something that was known? We are well indoctrinated in the ways of the US military. Yeah, yeah, we really are. <laughs> By both movies, television, and video games. Yeah. I wonder how accurate it all is. Karen asks Hawkins to buy them some time, and he and Chief suppress some bad guys. 
they blow up some red gas bottles. Yeah. Which is how you know that they're going to explode because we play video games. As soon as I fucking saw them, I knew they were going to explode. Fucking hell. Yeah. They go to follow where everyone else went, but they don't actually know which way everybody else went. They encounter a bad guy as they're sneaking and Hawkins does this like point blank kill where he just kind of casually presses yeah. the gun against the guy I and love fires that. and I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah. Putting that in a, in, a, in a script. It was real fucking pretty. I'm not going to lie. Mm. They find a warehouse where the bad guys are moving crates around, get spotted, ended up getting pinned down from two sides, including the door that they came through. And they discovered that the crates are full of stinger missiles. Because they weren't being shot at. Because they weren't being shot at, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, uh, they try to radio in, but no joy. And Hawkins has a two-part plan. He borrows a grenade from Chief. Part one, he throws a grenade to clear the way they came in. And part two, he drops a grenade in the crate right next to them and runs. <laughs> but the missiles do not blow. Yeah, okay. So they run around a corner that's like five meters away. So like- They go through a doorway into the- yeah, oh, you mean when the, for the explosion? Yeah, for the second explosion. Yeah. And it's like, well, if the missiles exploded, they would have died. They're in a stone building, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's a movie, dude. Yeah, it's I know. Movie. But like, it, it just found it, I bumped against it because like I found that level of cover was a little absurd. Okay. But also, missiles not exploding, is that a thing when you throw a grenade next to them? It's not automatic. It's not automatic that it will explode. The primer and the charge will be compromised by an explosion. It's like the same way that like a nuclear bomb doesn't explode if you don't prime if you don't warhead or Yeah, whatever. there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Things have to happen we're not, in the right order. We're not military yeah. people. We don't know. Okay. We do not. It is within the realm of possibility and it's in the movie, so it's what happens. Yeah, okay. The movie is canon. <laughs> yeah. Right. The rest of Bad Karma are extracting as they take fire and Hawkins and Chief get back just in time. Hawkins tells Curran what he found and he wants to go back and blow them, but Curran orders that they go because of how much fire they're under. And back on board the Hilo, the wounded guy is going to be okay. And one of the other flight crew guys thanks Curran. There's no reason to thank us because we don't exist. You never saw us. This never happened. One more thing. You're welcome. Because <laughs> he'll take the credit. Thank he'll, you very he will much. Absolutely take the credit. Back on the ship, Bad Karma is being debriefed by intelligence. And I like this sequence. You get, yeah. a, a, and this is what I mean. You get, we've already met everybody, but at this point, you get a sense of everybody's kind of personalities as they kind of push back against the intelligence guys. Yeah. Did you fire your weapon? Fucking A. So, <laughs> Bad Karma's, I think he's their medical officer, Leary. At least he patches dudes up. Yeah. Anyway, he's been in other scenes, but this is kind of like, the first scene where he has real dialogue is played by Rick Rosovich. He's Iceman's Rio in Top Gun. Ah. He's Slider in Top Gun. <laughs> He's also in The Terminator with Michael Bean and Bill Paxton. Who's he? He is Sarah Connor's roommate's date who gets killed by, oh. by Arnold early on. Okay, deep cut. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's in a Steve Martin movie I love called Roxanne, which is a remake of Cyrano de Bergerac. We watched that movie. Steve Martin has a giant nose in it. No, blank. That feels <laughs> okay. not a detail that is going to help me with that movie. <laughs> okay, Steve Martin is ugly because he has a giant because he has a giant nose. I know the, of the. So oh. it's Cyrano de Bergerac, right? It's the it's the he's in love with a woman and he's got a dumb friend who's in love with a woman and he helps his dumb friend, but all the words are coming through him, so mm. she's really falling in love with the ugly guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, and Steve yeah. Martin with a fake, and nose. he's got a yeah. I do vaguely remember the comically large nose. There is the part where. He roasts himself about his nose. Start with uh, obvious. Excuse me, is that your nose or did a bus park on your face? 
<laughs> Meteorological. Everybody take cover. She's going to blow. Fashionable. You know, you could de-emphasize your notes if you wore something larger, like Wyoming. Oh. <laughs> Personal. Well, here we are. Just the three of us. Punctual. All right, Delman, your nose was on time, but you were 15 minutes late. Envious. Oh, I wish I were you. Gosh, to be able to smell your own ear. Which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming back. That it's a good is movie. a little bit. I don't really remember it, but yes. They ask God, you engaged hostiles? I vaporized hostiles. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Billy P. I think they're Israelis. There's two yeah. other military officers that are in the room and they're looking at the tape that the guy shot and they recognize Shahid and they decide to tell Tel Aviv first, which is what could mean that they're Israeli yeah. intelligence, right? And Curran's questioned about not going back to get the missiles, but pushes back that he'd been told that this was a soft target by the intelligence guys, meaning very little resistance. It's weird thinking about the state of affairs now. You would just like... I feel like in a movie now you would just be like, let's drop a bomb on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they would now. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be a, there would have been a drone overhead. Yeah. They would have reported it in. They would have fired a stinger missile from a drone. Yeah. That would be the end. And that would yeah. be, be the end of it. <laughs> it's the end of the movie. Yeah, roll, it's a very short roll, movie. Roll credits. <laughs> Next, next 90 minutes is just golf montage. But it's, it was just funny. Like my first instinct was, oh, so they're going to bomb this place. And it's like, oh, they don't do that yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They had up. bombs in 1990, but, but, yeah. they didn't do, but not like that And yet. they weren't so prolific across the Middle yeah, East. Yeah, it wasn't you know? like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. In his bunk, Hawkins is just fucking around with his sidearm. Yeah, mirror gun. What is with the mirror gun times? Just looking tough in the mirror? Yeah, just having a good time. <laughs> Karen comes in and hands him the file on Shahid. Am I interrupting something? Yeah, <laughs> Hawkins, great is, line. Hawkins is jacked from the Russia killing dudes for Uncle Sam. Yeah, this is fucking his, his psycho psychopathy. I don't know. He shows how fucking wild he is right now. Yeah. And Karen tells him to chill out that that's the wrong emotion. And at the Pentagon, a bunch of dusty old white dudes are watching an interview with Shahid by Claire Varens, a journalist. And we find out that Shahid is the leader of an emerging group that may or may not be connected to Hezbollah. No one seems really to know much about them. One of the guys at the table is Veronica Sawyer's dad from Heather's. Hey. God damn, will somebody tell me why I read these spy novels? Because you're an idiot. Great pate, but I've got a motor if I'm going to make my meeting at the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one is he? Gray suit? They all fucking wear No, there's suits. like <laughs> army people and then like I one dude. In yeah, there's one dude in a suit. It, yeah, there's a dude that's Veronica's dad. Is that the like CIA dude? Maybe. How about you rewatch the scene and then uh, you let I us know next you week? Everything. In your report back. There's I also, pay attention to things that are important. There's also a really there's a, another big actor in this room as well, like one of the older generals. Uh, they're all just character actor guys. They're in other stuff. None of them's a big actor. Uh, there's one I I've seen everywhere. I will make uh, a note. Let us know I next week. Yeah, old business. business. You figure it out and you come back for old business. It's the point of old business. It is, in fact, the point of old business. That's that why is. we do old business and new business. Can't you just do my work for me, though? I do. You, you already do. Does. You do. <laughs> Are you kidding me, bro? And all the way through this, Karen is just sitting kind of stoic as fuck listening. We learned that Claire 
Varens is half Lebanese and that's why she has such good access to terror groups, but that she won't give them anything because she's a journalist and that the Stingers are a big fucking problem. And the big wig in the room, Warren, who kind of, rep- I guess he represents the White House. He's dismissive of Karen's reasons for not destroying the missiles. Yeah. And makes a pretty shitty comment about it's, you know, Navy SEALs, it's their job to die. Yeah. He's top dog. So he's shitting on the little people. Yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah. And Karen wants to go back in and get another shot at it, but it's up to the White House. And then Karen and his commander, Captain Dunn, kind of debrief. And Dunn tells Karen that he's an operator, not a policymaker, and that he just has to wait. Karen's pissed that he had Shahid and didn't take him out, and Dunn orders him and his team to take some time for R&R. It's Dunn. It's Dunn, the guy that I'm thinking of. I've seen him everywhere. The guy with the scar? The guy who's the yeah, boss Captain of- Dunn. Yeah, Captain Dunn. He has a prominent scar on his cheek. Yeah, okay. I don't know him from other things. Oh, so really? if you know him from other things, you tell me where you know him from. All right. The boys are back in town. The boys, boys are, are back, back in, in town. town. Go fuck around, montage. Fuck, I love this. I love the, I love See, the fuck the, around. I love the, the fashion. It's good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. This was meant to be a football montage. Oh. But Bill Paxton- Spoke to the producers because he thought it was too close to the volleyball scene in Top Gun because that's what this is. Uh, and he yep. suggested it be golf instead and he directed this sequence. Nice. Mad. This is That's good because, yeah, it would have been too much the exact same thing, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. I know we're here for a Navy SEALs movie, but this is the best part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is what, and this is the shit that I remember from yeah, this movie. Yeah. And it ends with them. I mean, they just cause chaos. They're playing golf, but they're playing golf really badly. I mean, we we played a game of golf like this before with the boys. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It ends with them playing golf cart polo. Yes, it's a good time. Karen is still kind of stuck in his head about the mission, and he chats with Hawkins. Karen calls him hotshot in this scene. Yes, thank you. I was going to pull it up, but he had definitely done at least one hotshot by now, right? No, it's the year after this. Oh, Hot Shots is 1991. Oh, damn it. I said that in the opening. Ah, oh, sorry. We talked about Charlie Sheen and the movies. It's timelines. I don't know dates. This is movies 1990. <laughs> he calls a can of beer a brain grenade. And yeah. that yeah. is a turn of phrase I wish I had been using my entire fucking life. But also yeah. it's so like of the time and like trying to be like put a cool name on things. It's also like they're military guys. So of course they call it a grenade. A brain grenade. Yep. Karen's still thinking about the bad guy and Hawkins thinks he, that their job is just to hit and forget. Are you still thinking about bad guys? Yeah. Come on. As a matter of fact, I am. It's old news, man. We go in there, we hit them and forget them. That's what we do, right? There's more to it than that. I really appreciated that, though, how he's like, you're thinking about the bad guys. I love how in his brain it's just so two-dimensional. It's just a, They're the bad guys. We're the good guys. It's you know a job. I mean? Yeah. I go and I do my job and then I leave my job and yeah. I don't think about my job anymore. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's really just pretty much the way they would have to treat it because otherwise you'd- I mean, you're killing people. But this, is, yeah. this like gives insight into Hawkins where it's like he's not being a psychopath. This is just the way he operates he's as well. No, no, no. I know, but just the lingo he uses. Yeah. And he's not as wiry in this scene. Karen has bought a book for some light reading. He's got Claire Varon's book. Oh, yeah. That he's that he's reading in a golf cart. Just while he's, he's playing, playing golf. With, with it feels like midway of playing okay. golf, they just stopped to drink beers on one of the fairways and just hung I mean, there that, and had a picnic. Isn't that kind of what you do? But you've got to keep moving because there's people behind you. They're Navy SEALs. Yeah, true. They have occupied this golf course. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels <laughs> like they've done. It feels like they've just like taken the whole golf, golf course over. Yeah. Chief... And Joe chat in the bushes. Joe's there. Yeah. Just, just appears. 
It's, I, I think know. it's just because they didn't want to jam another scene with her into the yeah. movie. So she's just she, there. She's, she's also definitely filming, filming the on the camera the from the mission. Yeah, it's the same type of camera. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem right. It's very strange. And yeah, he still wants to get married. Sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, you can feel like his maybe intentions she's, are good. Maybe he's realised that he really does. That is re- now that he had that opportunity yeah, taken yeah. away from him. That no, I really did want but, I to mean, do that. We all know what this is setting up. Yeah, I mean, it's the <laughs> moment that we all knew what was going to happen next. My next note: When did you all figure out he was the goose of this movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I saw goose. him die, I was like, I should have known at the wedding. But I did know, I did know a goal. I mean, that's the entire. Yeah. reason that Joe exists as a character. It's yeah. the entire reason for the plot line yeah. is so that they can do the wailing widow. Yeah. Who's well, not a widow and that's part of the reason why she's wailing. I we'll loved that we'll though. That. I kind of love that. Um, we'll get to it when we get to it, but fucking, yeah, that was nice. Hawkins' car is being towed because he parked right on the fairway. What the fuck? It's just, a, it, again, it's a character piece and also let's just, it's been a minute, so let's put a stunt in the movie. Yeah, right, okay. He rides a push bike, chases it, jumping into the car, onto the back of the car. How's the music at this point? Strike the lightning. Yeah, it's, it's just, gun. yeah, it's the best. He lowers the ramp of the tow truck and goes to drive off, but has to stay reversed because there is a truck right behind the tow truck. He does a neato J turn or Rockford turn. Yeah. Just what that turn is called, where you do that half turn. Uh, yeah. You do those excellently in Grand Theft Auto, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> also, can let's just flagging. Hawkins fucked over whoever's bike that was that he rode up to the tow truck with as well. Does he care? I know. The poor guy. He was probably working at the golf course, like now needs to walk home. And the tow truck driver does not notice because he's wearing a Walkman. Yeah, that'd be enough not to notice someone drive a car off your truck. Do you know how many movies from the the 80s and 90s people are distracted by a Walkman? Also, They treat a Walkman like it's a fucking cone of silence. (laughs) Also, don't you like tip the bed from like, the f- like the side of the truck, he, like you he actually have to- no no also no. The- he has he grabs the the cord with the trigger. Oh yeah, and okay. Then pushes I the must have missed that. And he hooks it on the side of the, the, tr- of the, the truck. The car the car is, atta- is usually yeah, attached the usually to the actual. Attached. Attached. The car is usually tra- uh, chained <laughs> to the to the by, the, by like up. the wheels, <laughs> like multiple wheels. Yeah. Yep. You can't just reverse it back. Well spotted. Well spotted. <laughs> and also in the HD version. You can just see the stunt guy's face. <laughs> it's like, that is not Charlie Sheen. Brilliant. In a ready room, Bad Karma's getting another shot at the missiles. They're being moved. You're going to laugh every time I say Bad Karma? That's what I'm going <laughs> to call them. Collectively, that's what I'm calling them. Yeah, no, I love it. Because I always have to come up with like a name for a collective of yeah. people. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got one. And they have one. So yeah. they're, they're Bad Karma. I love it. The missiles are being moved on a freighter that's bound for the civil war in Lebanon and is filled with Muslim pilgrims as cover. And they are to avoid a hostage situation by using stealth, secure the missiles, and then call in EOD. On a sub, they're preparing. Let's go swimming. They get off the sub through lockout chambers. I fucking love this. I didn't know they were a thing, but of course they're a thing. Yeah, of course they are. And retrieve all their gear off the outside of the sub. Oh, I didn't pick that up. They're in lockers attached to the outside That's of the sub. Sick. And everything is waterproof. And then they inflate two Zodiac boats underwater that yeah. then pop up so they can get on them and take them to the freighter. I love it. Okay. Yes, this movie is military propaganda, but yeah. that's cool shit. It's fucking cool, man. It's kind of like, can I do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to have a go. Particularly the whole like inflating it underwater and having it pull me up to the top thing. Yeah. 
It's like real James Bond nonsense. Yeah, yeah. In, in real life scenarios. Yeah. And I yeah. was fascinated by that stuff as a, stuff as a kid. There's a thing that happens later where they, um, it's in a later mission, but I probably would forget to mention it then, where they are being pulled along by like a little under underwater motor jet thing. Yeah. And as a kid, I was like, those exist. Yeah. I want one of those. They've been in so many things and I just fucking want to have a go. Yeah, exactly. I want to like race around underwater yeah. with a little jet thing. Yeah. Bad Karma sneaks up onto the boat, climbing up the hull. Fun fact, which I did not know until I saw a horrifying video. Okay, I, here we go. I don't know if this happens with those kinds of boats, but there's a dead zone next to boats that are that big where because they're moving through the water and they're so large, even if you're – the video I saw was a jet ski – even if you're accelerating fully, it pulls you under. Yeah, the boat. because of the amount of draft drag, yeah, and current that they build. Yeah, I was just wondering. Been, I wonder if those boats are special somehow. I have been that close to a ship that size on a tugboat, and it was intimidating. Really? Yes. Ah, scary. Yeah. Oh, I think I know the shoot that you did that with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do not. Oh, the there's a cruise ship. ship. Yep. 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 I forgot that you were on a tugboat. Yeah, they creep through the people sleeping on the deck and it's a trap mixed in with the pilgrims are bad guys pretending to sleep. There's so many clever moments in this movie. That was real clever. I like that. It's also what terrorists do. Yeah. But it's just, it's like, I don't know. It was just a clever move. It's like, of course, if you've got hostage situations and you've got people who may come aboard, who don't tell the difference between people dressed in certain ways, then you can just hide amongst them. It's the whole strategy of the insurgency in Afghanistan. Very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bad Karma ends up splitting to search. A few different groups meet in the bridge where they question the ship's captain. Everyone is covered in fucking glycerin in this scene to make them look sweaty. Everybody is yeah. so sweaty. Uh, <laughs> it looks very uncomfortable. I don't like it. It makes me feel <laughs> dirty. Yeah. yeah. The captain denies that there are missiles on board and gunmen on board and something's up. Hawkins and Leary find a guy who is booby trapping some crates in the hull, they kill him, but the grenade that he's setting up as a trap goes off. And then all the the regular people on the ship begin to panic. A bad guy takes a woman hostage near Hawkins and Leary. What is he saying? Something about your mother. Fucking brilliant. Hawkins pretends to lower his gun and headshots the bad guy one-handed to save the woman. Never talk about mom. He also does that with an Uzi. One one shot out of an an Uzi. Uzi. What is it? It's a, I did read about the guns in this movie. I didn't write it down, but it's not an Uzi. So it's like a German, firing it's one like a shot German, is possible. It's a German machine gun with a built-in suppressor that is common to Navy SEALs of that era, but I didn't write down the name of the fucking gun because not a gun, not a gun podcast. Yeah. Cause I was just wondering like firing one Uzi. shot out from the hip would be almost impossible on an Uzi. Yeah. American military, as far as I know, never used the Uzi. Yeah. Okay. It's an Israeli weapon. So yeah, the ADF right. used it. I love these little bits of history, even though it's not a gun podcast. Not a gun podcast. But also, great fucking bands. Great banter. Loved it. Don't talk yeah. about his mum. They call in EOD and it's a bust. There's no missiles. It's just sand mm-hmm. in the crates. So, bad intel. Decoy. Claire is laying down a voiceover for a news story where she's talking about true Islam and about how terrorists like Shahid subvert it. And this is here to set up the civil war in Lebanon mm. for later and Karen has come to talk to her and she wants to know who he is. And he just fucking tells her that he's a SEAL, which he is not supposed to do, right? At this point. I mean, Navy SEALs can talk about being Navy SEALs now, can't they? No, 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 no. no. They don't, don't exist, remember? I thought Navy SEALs were just like, uh, I thought there were things above Navy SEALs these days. 
No, they're secret. You don't tell people in your, you don't but tell he, people in your public life that you're an that you're an. And he, like he mm. told his he told the person he saved. You don't have to we thank us. Exist. We don't exist. That wasn't that's another a joke. man. That's, in the, that's another <laughs> man that's in the military. But I thought he was more referring to the operation. No, no, he was talking about them. So Navy SEALs themselves don't tell people that you're Navy. You do not tell people that you are a Navy SEAL. But Navy SEALs are known of, right? Yes, of course. Right. Okay. 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 But until the late nineties the Navy denied the existence of teams like SEAL Team 6. Yeah, they right. Denied no, that, right. They denied that special operators like that existed. So does okay. Chief's fiancé know he's a Navy SEAL? In this movie, yeah, probably. Right. She probably know, or she never she knows. She knows they're in the Navy. Navy and that they do, they do shit they're not allowed to talk about and you can probably yeah. then from there assume. Training yeah. exercise. You would figure it out even if he hadn't told you because yeah. of the situation. Yeah. She wants to go to lunch with him. And at lunch, they're sitting in a restaurant with a window view of the Washington Monument. <laughs> As Kira can attest to, I spent 20 fucking minutes yesterday on Google Maps trying to figure out where this restaurant was <laughs> like a madman. Uh, and I felt insanity. like I was close so many times, but I could never get the perspective to quite line up. And it's been like 32 years, so I'm sure that there's a building there now that wasn't there before, and it fucking drove me mental. So if any Americans <laughs> out there who are listening to the podcast happen to know what restaurant that would be in Washington. I swear to God. Kim would be eternally grateful if you could let just him know. Me, just tell me, the, give me the, the street address so that I can figure it out. I swear to God, if people get in touch to tell you about that restaurant, but they don't give a fucking review like I've been asking for so long, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to. No, it's okay. As long, as they're, as, long as they're interacting. I just want to know what building it was. <laughs> so if you know what building it was, please tell Kim. Because I was like, I can figure this out. And, then and I he could I can figure it out. He was so annoyed. <laughs> I was so annoyed. And I, yeah, I wasted like 20 minutes, half an hour. <laughs> Claire is pumping him for his intentions and for information. And he plays coy, but thinks she knows he knows that she has intel on the missiles. I and he's not meant to be doing any of it. No, like he's no. not, it's he's, never his job to find out intel. Of all the things in this movie, this is the most unrealistic part. Yeah, they get briefed and they go. Yeah, a Navy SEAL doesn't find his own intelligence. Or take someone to go watch training. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what makes happened. sense now why she was so interested in seeing the training because Navy SEALs didn't exist. That's right. And also yeah. why it's completely illegal for him to take a civilian to Navy SEAL yeah. training. Especially fucking journalists. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so she asks him what the SEALs are up to. Training. And she wants to take a look. And we get the Ninja SEAL. Uh, Ninja SEAL. Navy <laughs> We get the Navy SEAL ninja camp sequence. Yeah, we get the propaganda sequence. Yeah, only about 10% of the people that are doing this will make it. She's impressed. You get all that and a paycheck too, but not a very big one. Training like that. Live fire? Yeah. Yeah, they use live fire for that, sh- that shit. Because that- no one it. they're firing at each other. Though. No one they're firing at each other. There's a sequence where they land in a helicopter and there's two different groups of Navy SEALs firing guns at each other, and that would not be live fire. Yeah. That would probably be rubber bullets though. Yeah, maybe rubber bullets or, or just blanks. Okay. That makes more sense because I was like, because you've only got so many people. You don't want to be accidentally killing a ton of them because they (laughs) accidentally get hit by friendly fire in training. But when they, when they are crawling like under the barbed wire and there's a machine gun being fired over their heads, that shit is usually real. They're just not being aimed at. They're not being aimed at because you need to get used to gun being calm under, under actual gunfire. Yeah. And training accidents do actually happen. Like yeah. people they die ha- in they training because, because they something. use live fire. Yeah, but they're not. Probably because of falling bullets, the idiots. Okay. <laughs> they got to come back down. In a dive tower. <laughs> in a dive tower, they're training to plant explosive on a ship's hull. She asks him if he thinks the missiles are on a ship. Well, they already tried that and it didn't work. And at a window, Hawkins blows her a kiss. That's Hawkins, his part fish. <laughs> 
We better get which, out of here. Before. Which I didn't realize till now, but sets up something later. It does set up something yeah. later. That's Hawkins. He's part fish. We better get out of here before he presses something else up against the window. So is he in some sort of tank? They're in a tower. The diving tank. It's a dive oh, tower. Oh, I see. So, so you see the top of it and then you see the bottom of it. What they don't really show you is that that thing is several stories high. Yeah. So right. it's designed for you to go down and simulate real diving at the bottom, of, at the depth and the pressure. Oh, of, okay. Because yeah. they've got to train to do tasks. Yeah. yeah. And breath holds and all, yeah. kinds of, all kinds of shit. Claire and Karen chat as they're driving around and we learn that Karen was at the bombing of the Marine Barracks in Beirut in 83. Real thing? I don't know. Okay. I didn't look. I mean, there was that kind of shit happened. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. Which Shahid was also responsible for. We have we had kind of already learned. He presses her for more information about the missiles and she tells him he doesn't understand that she's a journalist and not a spy. And then he takes her to the kill house. This is pretty fucked up. Yeah. This is real fucked up on kind of a few levels, actually. Yeah. So the kill house is a fake house they used to train for close quarters battle, CQB. And as they're standing there, the rest of the bad karma team burst in and fire live rounds as he holds onto her. I don't know if you notice as well, the targets that they hit in there, there was like targets of like a, a non-combatant uh, that like in those trainings you would you normally would not miss. actually shoot. Yeah, and yeah. they mowed them all down. Yeah. yeah, she's pissed and he justifies it by saying he wanted to feel what it was like to be in a real war and have no control over it. Yeah. That's okay. not cool, you're creating, man. You're honestly just creating fucking trauma for somebody. Like yeah. That, yeah. that is not, no. And things and can lawsuit. go wrong. Like we've talked about this. Yeah. Accidents happen. Yeah, and she doesn't know where the missiles are, but she might know someone who does, but she isn't sure that she should tell him. We get into this whole f- fucking thing. So uh, Hawkins spots Karen's car at a restaurant while he's driving around. Yeah. And goes in the restaurant and uses a phone, pretends to be Captain Dunn and has Karen paged. Yeah, they also know him when he walks in as well. <laughs> Did well, you catch that? Yeah, because, I mean, those boys, it's where they, it's Norfolk, Virginia, it's where they live, you know what I mean? Those boys are around and he is a personality, so how the fuck do you not know that? Yeah, guy, okay, right? fair. And how does, the, how does the, the female concierge at a local restaurant not know that guy? Yeah, okay. How does that guy not make himself known? That, yeah, yeah okay. Right? He always in on... Claire and Karen having dinner and Hawkins is just racist as fuck through this yeah. whole scene. Whoa, there is some... But that is the way that people talked about... I know, I know. And I was about to say, there is some things that are dropped there that I remember being okay when I was younger. Yeah. And it's just like, I hear it now and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, that was so There were definitely bad. terms that I had forgotten existed. Yeah. yeah. You know, he doesn't know that Claire is half Lebanese as if that... Should make a difference anyway. Yeah. But Karen then gets paged and has to leave, and he asks Hawkins to to drive her home. And then I did appreciate this line. Where were we? Well, I was insulting your heritage, and now we're having dinner. Enjoy. Thank you. I kind of I kind of like that line. Okay. It's only his delivery. It's not the line. Well, I I think it it's just funny to immediately call out that he's like, oh, yep, I was just being racist, and now we're having dinner. Like it was just, yeah. Well, afterwards he's driving her home and continues with the racism. Like, oh fucking yeah, Jesus Christ. And yeah, about multiple cultures. And yeah, just everybody. Just yeah. Like, and then the thing is, is that the movie is playing him like he's a charming goof. The movie is playing him like he's this someone who 
if you worked hard enough, you could fix. You know what I mean? Because he has this someone who, but it's true. Because yeah, no, I only, has, I only laugh because, yeah. It, it's true. Like it, when when he goes, oh, I can see that I'm really going to have to think around you. And it's almost like he knows that he shouldn't say this, but he's a man's man. And with the right woman, he could be a, a pr- prim and proper. Yeah. They're trying to do Maverick is a loose cannon, but he's still charming. But they're just doing the... Instead of being a dick, he's a racist. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being a super confident dick, he's just racist. Racist. Yeah. Psychopath. Psychopath. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That kills for a living. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not Maverick. And uh, it's almost like, are they using him? Maverick just drops bombs from far away. But yeah. Yeah. Are they using him to make his captain better? Um, Bean? I keep forgetting his character name. Current. It, what is interesting is that there are two characters at the center of this movie. Yeah. Is that they are both top build. They both got their names on the box above the title. Yeah. Charlie Sheen is the bigger name at that yeah. point, but Michael Bean is really the main character, right? Yeah. It is interesting that they basically split Maverick into two people. I fully was about to say that. They split the- Charming. They split the skilled operator from the loose cannon. Yeah. They, they split the nice guy- and the oh, asshole and the asshole, separate yeah. yeah, yeah. Instead of the asshole with a heart of gold, it's just no. The one's just a, one's his friend, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, it's interesting. He takes her to the beach, driving just straight onto it. Tries also, to make, he seems high as fuck at dinner. Just side note. Well, that could just be Charlie Sheen. He tries to make a move, and she's not impressed. She wants to go back to her hotel. She goes to leave, and then kind of dresses him down, and he. He's meant to be charming. He kind of charms her into, no, it's okay. I'll give you a ride home. The movie thinks that he's uh, charming. It's kind of yeah. creepy. It's but the movie thinks he's charming. Yeah. 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 I hear you. Definitely a creepy scenario. He also refers to himself as a frogman, which is like how the seals started out, right? They were called yeah. frogmen. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Karen chases Hawkins down and confronts him. Hey, trust me with your life, but no, your money or your wife. That's a hell of a line. Yeah. Is yeah. that like a saying? The way that he says it, it must be. Yeah. Hey, trust me with your life, but not your money or your wife. You're an asshole. Karen fills Hawkins in that he's been pumping him for inf- pumping Claire for information, <laughs> and he wants Hawkins to help. Why does he want? I, I don't know. Anyway, and he doesn't fucking help. He just sits and drinks a beer later. I yeah. do love this interaction though. Later, where they're like planning and info gathering and everything. The three of them together are yeah, kind of okay. cute. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get through in a second on the news. A plane has been shot down by a stinger missile, making the mission to find them even more urgent. And Karen goes to Claire's hotel and asks her for help again and guilts her into helping. And she says, okay, he can ask questions and she will answer, but she will not give him direct information, which is not what she does. No. <laughs> she helps entirely at his houseboat. Because he lives on a fucking houseboat. What is love houseboats. Which was the dream when I was a child. But now the idea of the damp and the mold, not so much. I mean, it's still kind of cool. I don't think I could live there t- entirely. But like, what was with people living on houseboats? It's just to give them. It was in so many different movies. It can be a shortcut. People living in bizarre places in movies can be a shortcut to their personality. But it's not for this. We get zero personality on Karen. It kind of tells you that he, you know, that he's not anchored. Interesting. Yeah. I've always get, got to read. We get two pieces of information about Cone. He's been divorced twice and he lives in a houseboat. That's basically it. Yeah. 
And he's the hero. He's he's the main. Harrisburg's the kind of place that a man who's been divorced twice would live. (laughs) Makes sense. I'm just saying, like, he's the main character, and they're the two pieces of information we have about his character. Don Johnson in Miami Vice is divorced, lives on and lives on a yacht. Yeah, like but it's about we get it's more a, it's a about them. But it's just a shortcut. But you're but it's, a it's not about yeah. It's a shortcut. It's just a shortcut. shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I get right. it. I get it. I get it. It's a way for you to just easily understand something about somebody. Yeah, but we get more about more. Charlie Sheen than we do him. Do we? No, we, we don't. don't learn What's where Charlie, Charlie Sheen's Sheen live? Where does, where's he from? Where do you go to school? Right. What do you play football? Do? You're right. It's just Charlie Sheen it's, that feels does more. Does he have a brother named Emilio Estevez? <laughs> you just feel like you know him because you know Charlie Sheen and no, he's acting it, like crazy Charlie Sheen. But yeah, I think I think I feel like I get more of a backstory because you we don't. get... You get more no understanding yeah. of his character, no though. Backstory yeah, yeah, but we understand his character deeper. I think. I think they're about the same. I honestly think it's about the same. Mm, okay, sure. Karen has a corkboard with red string. It's of a course, small it cork, does. It's a small corkboard, but it's there. Well, he's trying to figure something out, and that's how you figure things out. <laughs> yeah, and post-it notes on the walls. It's I mean, it's the best way. To, to, this I'm is trying an investigation. to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he might be it's like you've so- never heard the term shortcut before. <laughs> It's not. It's like Short you don't. Under, it's like you don't understand how movies work. And by I think that's at, my position in this room. And by and by hinting at something with a single piece of information, you tell people lots of information that they can therefore imply through the text. So that's what shortcut means. Karen thinks he's onto something. A go between that might have some information that he previously encountered or has a file on, but Claire quickly shoots him down. That guy disappeared six months ago, probably kidnapped by the Israelis. And Hawkins thinks that's a great idea. They should just kidnap somebody and get him to talk. Yeah. That's not going to work. <laughs> but but he it's won't also, talk. But it's also what uh, the Americans will do. Yeah. For the past 20 years. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's concerning. <laughs> oh, my God. That is. With 2022 eyes. This movie is very disturbing after America has ran wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, and Libya. <laughs> My next note is this got dark as fuck. Literally, I'm talking about a, the scenes in the future where it just gets visually dark as fuck. <laughs> but, but it just got dark, got dark as, as fuck. fuck. Yeah. This is the thing with this movie. I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I've come back to this movie with the eyes of 2022 where America is imperialism and all kinds of other shit. And yes, they fought bad guys, but they also get a lot of fucking innocent civilians yeah. that it's just like, holy shit, this movie tonally does not play in 22. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a very early version of Team America, basically. Like, that's not a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Or Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awkward. It's awkward. <laughs> I wanted it to be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a Charlie Sheen movie. Fuck I know. Me. I wanted to have a good time with this movie. And I did have a good time when they were fucking around playing golf and he was doing yeah. bridges. But then as soon as they get into the actual politics of what they're doing, it's just like, oh. Yeah. That's where it actually does I wonder get- whether it would have helped if they had just made up a country and not had real enemies. Here's the thing. I can very much enjoy Rambo 2 and Rambo 3 in the year 2022. And the reason I can enjoy those movies is because they're fucking cartoons because it's so exaggerated and so silly that they almost become a satire of Reaganomics, right? They almost yeah. become a satire of Reagan's America and America's rah-rah military bullshit, right? So those movies are still enjoy- still enjoyable. I mean, Rambo 3 has so many fucking explosions. It's got to be some type of world record. It's insane. And Rambo is... Stallone is just insane in that movie. That movie is a good time. This movie, too serious. Not, yeah. a, good, not a good time. Yeah, yeah, the serious parts are the bit that 
make this movie bad. Yes. Yeah. I'm very conflicted about this movie. Yeah. Because I still did not enjoy it. Like, it's just yeah, it's weird and there's stuff in there that is enjoyable. It's just a movie where I just feel like it just doesn't play well now at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep Interesting. Talking. Interesting. At the Pentagon, the White House won't let them kidnap a foreign national. Give it a few years. <laughs> Veronica's dad recognizes the guy as a paid asset. All they have to do is extract him, make it look like it's a kidnapping. Veronica's dad. Pay him and he'll talk. It's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Veronica's dad. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for you to make another quote from, I thought you was going to happen. So See, he's leaving the C- your space. I knew that Veronica's dad was a CIA dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a CIA dude. Well, maybe he's a CIA. He's a paid asset for the CIA. I'm pretty I sure. I mean, he's pre- he doesn't okay. say, say a lot in the movie. Maybe that's why he doesn't talk, because Veronica might figure it out. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great pate, but I've got a motor if I want to make it to this water bottom. <laughs> yeah. See, I no, knew you were okay. going to do it. It's okay if we kidnap him. We'll just pay him to make it okay afterwards. In the briefing room, Bad Karma is planning with a model, not to scale. Captain Dunn reminds her that there should only be one hostile, so don't spray the streets, and he'd be happy if there were no shots fired at all, but Hawkins has got to get his Hawkins, like Hawkins has got to get his Hawkins on. On the airstrip as they're walking towards the plane, we get a quick exchange where Curran is telling Chief to keep on top of him, meaning Hawkins, because they're partnered together. It's real. It's a real quick line. And then Dunn is giving Curran, yelling at Curran over the sound of a of the engine, a bunch of information he should probably already have. Yeah. So that we know what's up. I feel like if Hawkins is the kind of person that you need to tell someone else in the team to keep an eye on, he shouldn't be in the team. Yeah. yeah. They're jumping from, from 12 miles out and swimming in, and on the way out they only get one shot and meeting up. And there's a great shot of the plane rising through the clouds, which is really cool to show like the height, so how high they're going. Yeah. And Curran and Hawkins are chatting and he warns Hawkins that it's not going to be a walk in the park. Uh, God hates jumping out of a per- perfectly good airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and then they gear up. Chief is reading a book. What book is that? He's reading The Rise and Fall of Great Powers by Paul Kennedy, in which Kennedy argues that the economic strength and military power have highly correlated to the rise and fall of major nations since the 1500s. He shows that expanding strategic commitments lead to an increased military expenditure that eventually overburden a country's economic base and cause its long-term decline. He claims that the Soviets and the US are repeating a pattern all vast conquering empires have gone through before, which is precedent as fuck. Wow. until they jump. Wow. I feel like your brain stopped working at some point during that no, <laughs> and then kicked back in. That was fucking awesome. It's a weird choice to pick that book. It's almost like the Navy advisors would have said no. You can't read this. Yeah. It's just it's a it's an interesting choice that Chief is reading that book. Now I want to read that book. Now so I feel like it'd be a bit of a slog. This is 1990, yeah. so it is the uh, yeah. year after the the Soviets actually collapsed, right? Their economy collapsed, and we get the the fall of the Berlin Wall, right? Uh-huh. So, and obviously that hasn't actually happened to America as much as yeah, it is veered, veered towards fascism and and yes, and yeah. wealth disparity and all those other and all those other things. But it is a very interesting choice. When I read that's that's from the Wikipedia's summation of the book, right? So it is what it is. But when I read that, I was like, holy fuck, that is a weird choice. What's yeah. the book called again? It's called The Rise and Fall of Great Powers by Paul Kennedy. That's a strong choice either by the director or someone who knew what oh, they were making. Dennis Haysbert. Someone who knew what they were making yeah. and slipped that in. Yeah, it's interesting. So they were all bantering before they jump, and we find out that they're jumping from six miles up because it's a halo jump. Halo mm-hmm. stands for high altitude, low opening, and it's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fall 
in formation as they jump. It's a real jump. It's fucking great. I mean, it's obviously all not, it's all sunk guys. It's none of, the, it's none of them. Pulling, See, if it was Top Gun, it would really be Tom Cruise. Well, Tom Cruise <laughs> does a halo jump in Mission Impossible Fallout and they did it for real and it's fucking amazing. There's a camera that follows him out of a plane. You've seen it. Oh, yeah. But then they used visual effects to put Paris beneath him and a thunderstorm and ruined the effect of it. Oh, that's because a shame. they had shot it for real over like somewhere in the Middle East, somewhere with deserts and stuff. But in the movie, they're jumping into Paris, so they just ruin it by adding all this other junk on top of it. Because the stunt itself is actually incredibly impressive. Mm. Just to uh, be clear, I still hate Tom Cruise. I just like real stunts. <laughs> yeah, me too. Pulling their shoots, Chief has a close call and has to cut away and pull his backup shoot. And in the water, they foreshadowing. Yeah, and in the water they cut loose and swim to shore. So all of the Middle East stuff was shot in Spain. Right. Okay. These are all Spanish cities. That makes sense because they're using all of their stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, and also the Middle East isn't going to let you make a movie about killing them in their country, surely. Yeah. No, but it's got the same look as on the Mediterranean and it also has a lot of the same history of influences and empires and yeah. taking over and stuff. So it has a lot of structures that look like that part of the, that Interesting. Part of the rest of the world. Cool. Just before we get too far ahead as well, I love the business in the plane where they're, um, it's like, oh, what happened to your shoot? It looks like it's um, oh, yeah, not packed right. Yeah, yeah they're they're and they're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking great. Yeah, That so, would be terrifying. So do a lot of movies that want to be in the Middle East but don't shoot in the Middle East shoot in Spain? There's lots of different countries. Some, sometimes, sometimes even North Africa, Morocco. Oh. Body of Lies, which is where Leonardo DiCaprio plays a CIA asset right. in the Middle East. It was all shot in Morocco. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. There's different places that do that. Yeah. And Morocco over the past, over the course of like 20 years, he shot Gladiator there as well. So over the past 20 or so years, they built up a skilled film industry. Oh, cool. Yeah. Bad comma Oscar Mike's towards the target's house. Hawkins is just strutting with no stealth. He's, yeah. He wants a gunfight. Yeah. He should be a little more subtle. Yeah. He should have moments of subtle. Yeah. 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 Because otherwise he should just defy it. Chief is chief is like going corner to corner, making sure that everything's safe. And Hawkins just walks, just walks yeah. around. He's looking for a fight. He's absolutely positively looking for a fight. Ramos ends up taking position near some stairs on a street near the house. And Hawkins and Chief are pretty close by as Karen and his guys are inside. And then... Ramos ends up with a midnight stroller camping in his backyard. How close are they getting? If he was any closer, he'd be inside it. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. Good work. Thank you. Inside the target's house, the target is watching Mr. Ed. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what it is. On the TV. Alan, you Wilbur. Alan, Ed. Damn Oh, Arabus. Get the show back. Damn Yes, Fantastic. Yes. Bit of fun. Karen grabs him and then Chief spots a party with fireworks coming his way. Party just got bigger. And they brought their fireworks. Hawkins wants in on the action. Chief tells him that he's got this. He's got them dead to rights. But Hawkins just walks out and fires. It's over pretty quickly, but Chief is KIA. Yeah. The other team members join back up with them and they pick up Chief and they get the fuck out of Dodge. It was interesting. They didn't really show Chief getting hit too much. They showed like a little like They don't show it at all. Do they not? Okay. No, they don't show it at all. I thought they don't perhaps the, I they, missed it. So Hawkins 
bursts out and fires and we see the bad guys firing and then it's over Remus fires as well and it's over quickly you don't actually see Chief after the, the uh, initial start of the engagement yeah and then they because try and they, do like they a do slow a reveal. reveal yeah they do a reveal and I don't yeah it feels weird to me that reveal like it feels like it wasn't done well you know what I mean I think it's fine yeah yeah Karen goes and tells Joe and it goes about how you would expect. And her wailing is like fucking heartbreaking. Like that wail is like, mm. Jesus Christ. She's great, man. Yeah. She fucking kills it. She's good in Terminator 2 as well. Um, she doesn't have a lot to do in Terminator 2. She has more to do in the special edition where you see more of uh, Miles Dyson's life. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen the special edition. No. Nah. You might not even know if you had. And she's good in this with almost nothing to do. Um, yeah. At Chief's funeral, she flinches at the three-volley salute. It's always struck me as really odd that, the military salute service people who died from gun violence with more gun violence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but something that's long ingrained in, in history is not going to be changed now. I Yeah, it's just it's just always been uh, – that's just one of those things where, like, I've never understood that. So, like, anyone mm. ever enjoys standing next to a gun going off? Like, every time you see that, people are flinching at the sound of it. Yeah. yeah. Chief's mother gets the flag because Joe and Chief were never married. This was so interesting. And afterwards, Joe – Walks and talks with Curran, who wants to know how he died. It was a training accident. She bullshit. Calls bullshit. He can't talk about it. So, but wait, he can tell a fucking reporter that he's yeah, never met call. that he's a Navy SEAL and that he does he does Navy SEAL shit for a living, but he will not tell his one of his best friend's partners how how he died. Gray pull on that because you yeah. can tell her without telling her detail of like where you are and what the mission was. Yeah, yeah. You can just say he was fucking saving the boys' asses in a dicey situation and he got shot down. Yeah. That's all you really need. It's not like she was uh, she would need she, her follow-up question would be like, well, I would like geographic information yeah. exactly where this happened and who I'm going to go like, after that bastard. And, and like, all of a sudden he's principled about this when yeah. it wasn't about the other shit. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. weird. Yeah. But this, this bit about her not getting the flag I found quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she asked about if she would have gotten the flag if they were married and, yeah, d- this hurts. It may seem simple to you but if we had been married would I have gotten a flag yeah you would have gotten a flag (laughs) it's a fucking gut punch like I said she it kills this bit too. It's the only reason that she fucking exists in the movie. Really, yeah. But it hits bit, even though you good. only see. Yeah. It is good. It is really well done. She's the only person that we can experience like this kind of emotional depth with throughout mm. the movie. No one really yeah. has deep emotions in this movie and it fucking actually isn't terrible. Yeah. It's and she not gives amazing. the movie consequence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly the, otherwise the movie well doesn't said. really yeah. have. Well said, yeah. Have consequences. Even the other guys that die aren't treated like this, obviously. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. At a bar, the ready room, they're having a wake and playing home movies from the golf day on the TV and getting fucked up. I feel like getting they should have had more up. memories. <laughs> yeah. A non military dude in a red shirt comes over and wants the game turned on on the TVs. That dude is a very young Titus Welliver. Who you guys will probably not. Fucking I fucking know. know that name. You may do. This is his first movie, and he's in lots of movies and TV shows. I know him as Silas Adams from Deadwood. He's in the first three seasons of Deadwood. 
He is George Hurst's representative that then changes sides. And he is the man in black in Lost. Oh. Uh, in the final season of Lost, which I don't is think you've like ever bald seen. Is he like bald normally? Yes. Yeah. He'd go on to star in Bosch where he plays a plays a cop, a detective. Okay. Which has like, apparently has fucking seven seasons. And Bosch was pretty big for me. Yeah, memory. and it's coming back. There's a new show. There's a Bosch legacy where okay. he's coming back. There's another revival. Of course there is. Um, and, I've, and I've never seen it. But I've Bosch, always called really, something. But I've always really liked him, liked him and stuff. And he's great in, um, he's great in Lost. In if it's who I'm thinking of, he's very good. Not a big actor though. Yeah, he's in lots. I mean, he's in no, but like not stuff. like a big leading name. He's the star of a TV show that's been on air for seven years. Fair call. Like, what is your what is your threshold? He's not a Brad Pitt. You know, he's not a big movie star. Yeah, but how many of them are there really? No, no, no. I'm just yep, yep. Ignore me. More people are working <laughs> actors than they are than they are movie stars. Very true. Very true. And I respect I respect almost more the hardworking actors that aren't as big. Nice attempt to save. <laughs> Leary tells him no way with the TV and then Hawken explains the situation, but he gets into physical confrontation and he chokes him before kissing him and telling him that he loves him. And honestly, that might be the coolest thing that Hawkins does in this movie. Yeah, it it is the coolest thing he does in this movie. I thought, oh, this is his moment where he's doing his army freak out. I've seen too much shit and I'm snapping. But he's not. But he's not. He's completely in control. I think if anything he he needed more moments like this earlier where he doesn't actually, like he pulls back and does something other than be violent and crazy. Like yeah. maybe you need if, in order to make it in a twenty twenty two wise make his character a little bit more palatable. Yeah. If you saw that he had the capacity for control, but then when he <laughs> is not controlled in a in a battle, that wouldn't that wouldn't make sense. Then he does have a character arc in the final mission. He uh, he kind of barely. Yeah, barely, but bump. it's okay. You can say barely, but it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's what the movie is doing. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Anyway, uh, God sets the bar on fire, and Hawkins. I calls. didn't get that. What was what was with that? Is that like a thing? No, it's just a, it's for the wake. It's just uh, them okay. fucking around and being drunks and taking taking run of the bar. Okay. Hawkins calls a toast to Chief, but Karen doesn't drink and walks out. Hawkins chases him, wanting to know what his problem is. It's and, a dick move, man. And Karen lays down the truth that it's Hawkins' fault that Chief is dead, and Hawkins knows it and admits that he fucked up. Okay. On this, first of all. Commanding officer is not going to fucking do that to you. Commanding officer, like, really needs to either talk to you properly or, like... But they're... Okay, their mate just died and they're getting fucked up in a bar and... Yeah, it's like, not being as commanding is, officer. Where is, where, is where is rationality in this, in this thing? What is much more likely is that is that Hawkins has already been fired from the Navy SEALs because of an after-action report. But we're in a movie, so it has to be a personal yeah. conflict. Yeah. So this completely makes sense for it to be a personal conflict. I get that this is what happens in the movie, and I'm arguing against what happens in the movie, and it's part of the movie. But, like, I just feel like he either should get chewed out professionally or, like, or like you don't rub that you just did something that led to the death of one of your good friends in your face. Like he just like went to, he's grieving also. But yeah, if but he's not confronted, he he can't admit it and then that he fucked up and then he doesn't have an arc. Yeah, I get that. I get that it has so that, to happen. Yeah, that's just, what I'm I feel saying. like there's it's a dick an, move. There's also an element of that kind of character you need to be that rough with. Like you wouldn't, with, with, if somebody else on the team had been responsible because they'd done something stupid then you might sit him down and go, yeah, you did 
you did something stupid, but you'll learn from it. You'll be right. You'll come back, mate. But this yeah. guy he needs to have his nose rubbed in it because otherwise he won't learn. Yeah. Because this is the stupid guy that yeah, will, that okay. will strut through a war zone because he's trying to get into a fight and shoot off the hinges of a door because he can't yeah. be bothered doing it the right way. Like, so he kind of needs that yeah, treatment. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I understand it needs to happen for the movie. It's it's funny. I just I keep putting things in real world context, and I'm just like, imagine if you did that to someone. Like you just like refuse to drink for their toast, and they're grieving too. But yeah, it is a movie, and we're not in the real world. <laughs> Claire shows up at Karen's houseboat, and he's trashed the place in a drunken rage. She comforts him silently, and they end up spending the night together because it's a movie. And in the morning, he's got to go. The asset gave up the location of the missiles. They embrace and he leaves. And on base, Hawkins and Curran are still not cool, but everyone's headed to Beirut. On a ship, Dunn briefs them. The missiles are located in a school, in a slum, and a contact from a militia that is friendly towards the US will meet them on the beach and take them in. The score here, absolutely fucking Top Gun. The score (laughs) is just, we just took the Top Gun score and we changed two notes. And they do the Top Gun elevator shot of the men rising up. Such a good hero shot. I fucking loved it. And in the background, on the ship, there is a Spanish flag because it's a Spanish military ship. Ah, great. Yeah. They Zodiac into the war zone. And the scale of this section is is pretty great. The shot of them coming in on the Zodiac with the city and the explosions and all the fires. Yeah. How? It's 1990. How did they do it in 1990? News footage. Model. Model. The city on the shoreline is a miniature. Hey. And it's a forced perspective shot where because they are close to camera and the city is in a distance, you just don't realize that it's a model. The funny thing is, is there would still have to be a big model. It is. It's on the shore. It's big enough in the sea. They're also not as far away from the shore as it looks. Oh, clever. So it looks like a city in the background. It looks like a big city in the background with all these That's fires mad. and explosions love and shit going re- on. I would love a shot so you can see how big everything is. That would be dope. It's awesome. Yeah. Here's a th- I only noticed when I watched this on HD and MGM Plus. I like originally I thought like maybe it was a uh, a split screen, but then the way that the camera was moving, I was like. I would see the masks and every like I would be able to figure yeah. it out. And then I so I just looked again and went, that's a fucking model city on a shore. <laughs> They're just that's mad. riding a boat towards a tiny city. And in perspective, it looks like a real city. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's fucking great. On the beach, they stash their boats. They do this thing where like there's no sign of the contact and then they just find him immediately. Yeah. He's a kid. his child. It's a kid, Ali, who tells them that they're late. I love it. They're like, where's the contact? He's late. And then they find him and, and then he's they, like, you're late. You're late. <laughs> and, then, and then the kid's like, the kid just like, he's like this way and leaves. And one of them goes, I guess the kid's on point. I guess the kid's on point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just walking and the rest of them are like stealthing. Yeah. <laughs> well, he looked like a local. You know yeah. I mean? I've often wondered for like these big, expansive like war locations like how they do it. Is there just places that you go and you put like a few random props to make it look different? Or is it like you just find something, build half buildings, build half buildings, or is it just like one place? I have a section about that that I will talk about when we get to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. They avoid mortar rounds and tanks, and then they end up coming to quite a wide street where they have to cross, 
that apparently is the intersection of the civil war because each faction owns a corner like it's, you know, drug territory. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that. Uh, Hawkins calls it the asshole of misery. Mm. As they cross, a machine gun nest in a building opens fire, but they do make it across. They sneak past two different groups that are fighting each other, get RPGs fired at them, and then they end up in a they end up in a in a firefight. Ali stands up and opens fire with his AK, but gets pulled down. Uh, we need you. And then there's a bit of banter between Hawkins and Ramos. It's like I'll treat him like he's my own son or something. I missed that entirely. Yeah, I didn't write it down, but it was kind of funny. He was my own. God moves to higher ground so that he can cover them. And yeah, we get wide shots where it looks like the city is destroyed for like blocks. It looks like a real wall zone. This is the old walled part of the city of Cartagena. And it's just dressed to look like a war zone. It's an old, it's an old city. It's an old port city. The military base, the Spanish military base's uh, port is within the harbour of the old city and they have just dressed it with rubble and there are already crumbling buildings because it's a oh. city that is hundreds of years old oh. and well, thousand, probably thousands of years. So this port, is a city in Spain? Yeah, it's just a city in Spain. Oh. When and you it's just Cartagena, like, I was like, are you sure it's not Cartagena? I've been there. Yeah, in Colombia. It's yeah. named after the city in... Ah. So is it Hena? Cartagena? Yeah. Yeah, I pronounced the, the G as a G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's just the Spanish city. That's very fucking cool. Yeah. Good God, to know. And I will have more later. Uh-huh, okay. God is in position, but a bad guy sneaks up on him. And he hand handheld fires the fifty. Yeah, dope. I was not expecting that. But the bad guy gets a shot off, and he is mortally wounded. They radio for him, but Karen doesn't get an answer, so he goes to see what's up. He falls in a hole. As the bad guy finds him, come in, God. Your God can't help you now. Love that. Boom. God, in one last act of creation before resting, blows a dude away. Both, both the guys who got shot by the fifty would have been exploded. Yes. They wouldn't have just, like, fallen back. They would have exploded almost, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Being that, being hit by a 50 that short. Not a, not a gun guy and I really don't care. I really wish I saw some more. <laughs> some some more. Do I'll you leave want it, it that. to be more gory? <laughs> Maybe, but I just, like, I feel like the, the firing the 50 from the hip, when I saw that, I was like, that was dope. But I just feel like it would have been cool. They should have played it up more. Okay. <laughs> we want different things out of movies. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I like a chunky squid in a movie that's fun. Because the 50s built up throughout the movie, you know what I mean? It fires through walls. Like yeah. the guy is named God, you know what I mean? It's just like I feel like it would have been fucking cool to give him you, a, you made give Billy P a send off with some, fu- some people exploding. <laughs> okay, you've made your point. <laughs> Another bad guy gets the drop on Karen, but it's actually just Hawkins. And they take the 50, but they have to leave God's body behind. Yeah. They get to the school and Ali just is like, I'm out. I did my job. Yeah. Ramos checks it out on Thermal and there's a slumber party on the third floor. <laughs> and they leave Ramos and Hawkins's cover and then head in with Curran giving Hawkins the remote for the explosives, which will become important later. Chekhov's remote for explosives. Inside they find the missiles, no problem, and then just start laying out blocks of C4. This stuff ha- like is like this movie is too long. This movie so is, long. This movie is ten minutes shy of two hours, and yet they rush all this stuff. And also, all of the battles are 
Like they they rush the important things and all the big climactic battles are so messy. Yeah. Don't you feel like – Yeah, I do feel like there should have been more – Emotional moments a, of the, when people in their team die, yeah. and like a bit more, a few more beats in between some stuff. Yeah, I mean, you do have to just kind of go on with the show. Like the mission has to continue, but yeah, you're right. You like, can give it a like second, some, especially yeah. considering the the massive meal they make out of Chief's death, and then yeah. literally like twenty minutes later right on screen in screen time bill paxton dies and they like we'll take the gun and just go yeah yeah that's what i mean i needed a little yeah. longer but like also we talk about being spatially aware in a lot of things there's no idea where anybody is none of that whatsoever you don't know whether they're up or down you see them across from each other a couple of times and it's like no, it's okay kinda, they're across I mean, from each other clear to me but i don't know yeah i know maybe because it was dark as shit on, on the, the vhs yeah. the hd it's probably clearer yeah so Back on the sub, the captain of the sub is concerned that the sun will be coming up soon and compromise the sub and Dunn tells them to relax, they'll be there. Uh, but they will not because back at the school, the sun is just fucking up. Hawkins radios them as they watch people start to go about their kind of day-to-day lives, which is actually kind of a nice moment because that – not a nice moment but an interesting moment because that shit happens in war in war zones. People have got to live their lives, right? Yeah. We've got to go and get bread. We've got to go and get water for the day. It doesn't matter that this bunch of assholes across the street are firing guns at each other. A local with a gun tries to talk to – Hawkins thinking that he's a local and Hawkins shoots him. No questions asked on that one too. Boring conversation. This movie's just ripping off lines from Star Wars now. Boring conversation anyway. Boring conversation. Luke, we're going to have company. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was more bumping on the casual like, oh, someone's just talked to him. Oh, he's armed. Bang. Leary is taking a stinger with him just for fun. Yeah. Which, I mean, you would. Yeah, I would too. A gunfire breaks out and Shahid's there. Um, although you very briefly see him through through a window, he's on he's on the balcony shooting down at one point. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. You barely notice. Barely, that's him. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, if you're not paying attention the way that I pay attention, you could easily <laughs> just miss that he is there. Curran ends up getting hit and takes cover in a doorway and tells Hawkins to blow the missiles to blast the C4, and Hawkins won't do it because he's an adult now. I mean, technically he's still not being an adult. He gives Ramos the C4 trigger and moves for Curran as the others battle the bad guys. Ramos just fucks up the whole building with the 50. Hawkins gets to Curran. Seal team, I'm going to get you out. Which made me chuckle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Especially Michael Bean's reaction, which is just like, Jesus Christ. I should probably talk about it at some point. Michael Bean fucking hated making this movie. Oh, really? Ah. He was like, this was one of the worst experiences I've ever had making a movie. Because of the sheenness? The script, he's like, it could have been really good, but it was a fucking bitch to shoot and they never got the script in order and the movie is not good. So Michael Bean is, that, does not look back on his experience fondly making this. That movie. should have been the review you read up top. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkins fireman carries Curran and runs and yells to Ramos to blow it. We get a big butter boom and the whole fucking building comes down. It's a big yeah. butter boom. Is it big butter boom? Big butter boom. Um, is that a real explosion? It is a real explosion. It is not a real building. Ah, it's a facade that you can tell has been built to match the buildings around it. Uh-huh. Ah. It's just the front of a building in like an empty lot or in front of another ruin with real buildings on either side of it. Interesting. Because as it falls, there's nothing behind it. Ah, ah that's great. There's no structure. Fuck. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the explosion kind of hides most of it, right? So you, the, there's a big yeah, explosion. Yeah, you'll see it if you're it. looking for I, it, but I, I, not. Didn't, I yeah. didn't pick it up. Also in the HD, I can just tell real stone aged weathered building from b- building built with patina to look aged. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. But still pretty cool. They drag Karen away as sirens begin to wail and do some quick field medicine where they dress his wound and give him a shot of morphine. Oh, wow. Which, like, (laughs) completely changes who he is as a character. Which morphine does. Yeah, but, like, isn't morphine used on a battlefield because the adrenaline is so big and the pain is so big that it's just enough to mask, like... No, you just get high. Really? (laughs) Yes, you just get loopy. People on morphine say the most strange shit. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. He's smiling when he shouldn't be smiling in lots of the scenes to follow. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's like in a like a fun Navy SEALs action movie. Yeah. They would have made that a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. Yeah. Shahid has survived and gathers his men to go hunt the SEALs, club the SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, steal a, they steal a Merc, they steal a Mercedes Benz that's been driven around the city. They do some fun car stuff with like kind of narrow streets and stairs. They drive down a set of stairs. Yeah, this chase is cool. And Karen is, yeah, high as fuck. They get lost in the city because they can't find the ocean. Yeah, terrible operation. Yeah, and (laughs) they don't have a compass. Not one of them has a fucking compass. (laughs) And they encounter an armed roadblock where there is an APC with mounted twin machine guns that gives chase. And they do 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 a fun bit where it's right on their their tail, which means that the machine gunner can't lower the guns far enough down to get a shot. So they Mm. stay close to the car. Interesting. Yeah. It's huh. cool. Yeah, that it's is good. cool. It's good shit. They squeeze between two parked cars and the APC goes up and over them and you can just see the dirt and wooden ramps they built so that they can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkins tells Leary to use the missile. The APC bursts through a bus. Finally, they can uh, smell the ocean. Yeah, the obligatory burst through a bus scene. I love a chest. burst through. Yeah. I love a burst through a truck. I love a burst through a, through a bus. Yeah, I saw that fucker in half and fill it with explosives and then have something drive through it. That yeah. is never a bad time. Yeah, never. They can smell the ocean and they've lost the APC. No, they have not. No. Burst through the wall. That get was down, fucking get sick. Get down and then Rexa, the driver, gets shot in the head. Yeah. By that the way, was his name brutal. is Rex, his name is Rexa. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That was this was the normally I make an effort as I'm going through the movie to figure out everybody's names so mm-hmm. that I can refer to them by their name throughout it. And I didn't know that that man's name was Rexler until he got shot in the head. Oh. And they do it so like bluntly and brutally as well. Like, Which is what it would everyone be. Everyone except like Chief. Like Bill Billy P gets like God gets a little bit of Billy a P. Billy P gets a little bit of a farewell. William Pack. <laughs> um, uh, Chief gets a send off. Everyone else just gets fucking But this is in the heat done. of battle. It's yeah, different, I get right? It. And then the Mercedes does a classic pipe roll over. Yeah. Yep. And pancakes on its roof. Isn't mm. a pipe? Was this when it went off like a dirt mound? It, well, there's actually a pipe. You can see the pipe. There is oh. a dirt mound, right, to uh, sell that why it flips yeah. in world. But I can see the pipe. Ah, so it still had to be popped off. There's still a pipe that kind of pops it up onto and over and rolls it and rolls it. Interesting. Over. Yep. I don't know if they, we should have done a count for pipe rollovers because there was one in Roadhouse as well, <laughs> yeah, the one where they yeah. got air. And we said we were going to do one at the top of this yeah, podcast, not this podcast, but our first yeah. podcast. Yeah. The roof pancakes and Leary kind of rolls out and fires the sting at the APC and blows it up, and. The car's on fire, guys. Yeah, gotta get out. Yep. Gotta get out. They drag Karen away as the car blows up. 
And meanwhile, in the ocean, the sub is leaving. <laughs> the most awkward bit of dialogue is exchanged. <laughs> just one, just one more, five more minutes or something. Like that. I'm not leaving this half billion dollar piece of equipment in this ocean one more time. And 700 men or whatever fucking amount of men it is. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised they waited this long. I feel like this is the kind of thing because they said also, if the you're not. the sun has been up for yeah, like Yeah, like if ever. you're not there by the sunrise, then we're leaving. It well, feel, you then usually like you a, would think that they do that. I feel <laughs> like, like a submarine is less than half a billion too. Mm. No? That's $500 million. No. One submarine. But the development, you're not taking into effect the develop, R&D and the development of the submarine. And like the machinery and gear that they have on board. And also is it nuclear? And then the, what what were we of, saying before about overspending on military and <laughs> fall of governments? <laughs> Bad Karma makes it to the beach as Sahid and his troops arrive in vehicles and Sahid and his men commandeer a boat. Yeah, fucking one dude knocks the shit out of a poor fisherman. Yeah. And the boys start swimming and have to duck and dive to avoid RPG and gunfire. Wouldn't Is this why they're called just- seals? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been waiting for that bit. Yes. Wouldn't Karim just, just like drown? Because he's not paying attention to what's happening and they're pulling him under and it's like there's no way he's holding his breath at the appropriate moment. I thought the same thing, but I was thinking maybe there's some training for them as seals to be like, in fuck like because they're like they're drilled so like in certain moments they're known to memory. do certain, yeah. certain nice to things do so oh, sorry, but nice also that's not in the movie so we can definitely call it out I mean all they had to do was do some 80 hour lines of him going wee <laughs> <laughs> that's in hot shots <laughs> yeah one of Shihad's men spots a body in the water and they hook it and surprise bad karma kills everybody and blows up the boat why did they blow up the boat why did they not take Thank the you. fishing boat yeah you'd think that <laughs> they would because they don't know how long they're going to have to wait Hawkins <laughs> pulls Shahid off the boat and drags him under several times like a SeaWorld killer whale and then cuts his throat with his own knife yeah that was fucking wild so we see that he's a fish man it's an interesting um, way for the big bad to go it is it's like small it was, scale yeah it's like it's really interesting so we in Iron Eagle Right, there was lots of tiny little scenes with the villain, yes, played by a white man in brownface, but they, yeah, I forgot about but it. they gave that villain more to do than they give the more realistic bad guy in this movie. Yeah, mm. he has nothing to fucking do in this. No, movie. No, he's just kind of there. In he's rooms. just the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he's shooting. Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. They kind of do him dirty, but like it was very. I thought it was a strong choice. The I'm going to drag you under. I'm a Navy SEAL so I can breathe longer under here. I'm yeah. going to keep pulling you down. He's part fish. Yeah, and then I'm going to wrestle you because I know how to fight in water and then I'm going to fucking slowly, slowly your With your own knife. Yeah. No blood. Yeah, I noticed that too. There's no blood when he slits his throat. Also, as he floats away, you can see the weight belt he is wearing <sighs> to keep him from surfacing <laughs> and the wetsuit underneath his military clothes. There's, there's something I wanted to ask you about that you missed. That when they fired the rocket in the water and there was like the explosion shockwave. The concussion underneath. would have done yeah. damage to them. No, no, no. But also like how did they do that? Because they have a shot of like the bubbles like going through the water almost and hitting it. They just blow air. Nah, it looked more complex than that. You so reckon? You don't see a shot of the explosion from underwater. You see it from above. No, you do. You 100% do. I thought you would have known how they would have done it. That's all right. Yeah, 
air rams, yeah, CO2, okay. all kinds of like, – they would just be rigs. They would just be using some type of special effects rig to create bubbles. Yeah, okay, and then just like pulled them down or something. Yeah, it's the same as the same as the effect of the bullets in the water. Like those aren't real bullets. They're just doing- Oh my god. That is Obviously. only just dawned on me. Like I I <laughs> knew from Mythbusters when you fire shots into water, they don't go like that. No. But I often but I effect. never thought about how the fuck they are actually doing that. It's just a special effect. Interesting. That's <laughs> sick. Thank you for that. Bad comes all surface and there's no sign of the sub. Maybe they heard the explosion. <laughs> How long do you guys want to wait? <laughs> yeah. And they laugh. <laughs> we get a sitcom ending laugh. Yeah. And then the sub breaches. And that, my friends, is Navy SEALs. And rock music begins to play so that the world can sleep soundly knowing that hard men are out there keeping us safe. Yeah, that was, <laughs> oh a, that was a wild movie, man. That was an experience. It was. It was certainly a motion picture experience. <laughs> yes, it was. And we appro- watched what a movie, would, guys. That's what I would call it. An appropriate age to have seen <laughs> Navy SEALs. You could watch it two years old. <laughs> it's literally just like action men clanging off each other. That's what it is. But with pretty shitty politics. But as I mentioned earlier, none of that stuff stuck when I was a kid. Yeah. It's it's explosions and guns and people, I'm I'm a man doing things. Nothing really that bad or good. Yeah, I don't know whether it's cartoony enough for kids really to have any interest. No interest from kids, I reckon. Yeah, uh, yeah so no, I agree. The way I tend to do this is when I think people would actually be interested. So I think you have to be at least 10 to I th- yeah. be into the whole army of it all. A teenage um, boy, yeah. Yeah, not a two-year-old, <laughs> yeah, 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 as you suggested. Yeah, I was eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, which we, you know, Kara Blue earlier. That's but, actually that's actually by remembering what year I was born. Um, no, just remembering you're eight years older than me and remembering <laughs> what year I'm born. That's a long way around. <laughs> a long way around to do that. Would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? Nah, Probably I wouldn't not. turn it off. There's better versions, honestly. I'm not saying this is the last time I'll ever watch Navy Seals, but it could be the last time I ever watch Navy Seals. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'd come back to it when there's, I could when I could watch Rambo Three, which I love. The funny thing is, is there's for how really insane it is interesting bits like the guy reading the book about the fall of like um, yeah, but you have to you have to be me and go, what the fuck is that book and look it yeah. up for that to be interesting. That is interesting though, and like that's a saving grace. The golfing scene it was fucking cool, but it's in other things as well. It's just from Top Gun. Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't think I would ever watch this again because there's better versions done better in different better movies. I do not disagree. Um, yeah. Rating for this movie, the way that we rate movies is on a five star scale, with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I like parts of this movie, it was fine. Three being I liked this movie, four being I loved this movie, and five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. You there. Probably not much of a surprise from what I just said, but if I could give it something in between a two and a 2.5, I would. Um, but 2.5 I think is apt. Like I didn't hate this movie. It was serviceable, but there's nothing great about it. Nothing good. Yeah, I think because 2.5 is I like part of parts of this movie. So, yeah, I mean, I do. We like the golf scene. Yeah. <laughs> stuff so yeah 2.5 from 2.5s across the board yeah wow. i think this is the first time we've ever been in sync yeah, yeah it's fine i was really disappointed that it didn't hold up to the to my memory of as a kid but the movie that i remember as a kid doesn't exist yeah. the movie yeah. i remember as a kid is the is the golf stuff yeah. yeah and i thought that was the whole movie and it's not yeah i mean it would be a bit weird if there was a navy seal movie about people who were navy seals going golfing <laughs> i'd watch it <laughs> <laughs> next week 
the way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns, picking from a list of three choices that I prepared from the store. This week is Brody's pick. It's always such a surprise because I forget this. If a movie remains unpicked three times, it's struck out and taken off the list, although I can bring it back at a later date of my choosing. Still on the list from last week is Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher with two strikes. The Punisher. If society won't punish the guilty, he will. And The Hidden, also with two strikes, meaning that if Brody picks the new movie on the list, Kira will get a clean slate next week and three new picks. Wow. The Hidden, a new breed of criminal. Mm. And new on the list. This is going to have to be a big movie for me to choose it. Yeah. Because I don't like wasting movies either. But we do it so often. (laughs) We do do it so often. Should I also care? Pair of the Roller Boys. Warlock. Garbage Power Kids movie. Fuck that. There is an area of cinema that we have yet to explore. Oh, this is going to be interesting. And that is cinema that does not originate in, in North America. So I hadn't even realised, yeah. Yeah. We should do non-American movies. Show us your non-American pick, Ken. Yeah. What are we doing? So, Korean, Italian, French. Australian. You'll see. Ooh. Oh, that's a whole different podcast. Fuck, man. I want to do it. Yeah, and I'm not getting to get into it. Um, <laughs> I present to you the Barbarian Brothers in The Barbarians. Oh, oh my God. The Barbarians. Oh, wait, hold on. Warriors, conquerors, heroes, the Barbarian Brothers as the Barbarians. Is that the full name? No, the movie's just called The Barbarians. Oh, the Barbarian Brothers. Why do they have to do that? Are they twins? They're twins. <laughs> They are twin bodybuilders. Oh, fuck. Can why I read have, the back? Why have one Arnold when you can have two Arnolds Fucking for half the price? Can I read the back? Uh, yeah, for that movie, yeah, sure. They are two mountains of muscle with the power of a team of oxen. <laughs> they put their fists through rocks. They wear animal skins and loin cloths and use the bones of their enemies as toothpicks. They are the Barbarian Brothers. There's so many details oh my God. in there. Hi. There's so much to unpack in that. <laughs> I've added to the list our first fantasy film. Hey. Of a very particular brand of fantasy. Wouldn't you count He-Man? Um, Masters of the Universe? No. That's not fantasy. That's fantasy? It's science. It's based on a cult. Yeah, it's it's sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. True fantasy. Well, I, I'm thinking more sword and sorcery. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Like- you could probably play a D&D campaign based on this movie. Hey. Interesting. Makes sense. There's barbarians in it. Did you notice the, if you look at the credit block, you'll get an indication of where the movie was made. You're not noticing a lot of uh, names of a particular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're I don't have an indication of where, though. They're, okay. Look at, look at the name of the director and tell me where in the world that that person is from. Ruggiero Diodato. Is this Spanish? It's Italian. Oh. It's an Italian fantasy film. Amazing. Oh, fuck. I was just about to pick the Barbarians and then I just picked up the Punisher and looked at the back again. Fuck, why do I have to make it? All right. The Hidden, although it sounds like a fucking great time, it's out. That's that's pretty upsetting to me. I know. You were pretty keen on The Hidden, I remember. The internet's not going to be happy about it, but you do you. Oh, no. No, you do the you. Internet. Don't let the internet influence you. The you internet. know how I feel about the internet. Don't fucking let them do it. You know what? Don't choose it. Fuck them. Fuck those punks. I think he's trying to reverse psychology. (laughs) Kira, what's your your way in? I don't know, honestly. The Barbarians, 
feels like wacky and I feel like maybe we need that after Navy SEALs. Thank you. I, I, honestly, after watching Navy SEALs, like my opinion, which I f- have forgotten to say until now, is it is nowhere near as silly and wacky as what I want to watch for this podcast. Yeah, and I mean we don't always have to do silly wacky, but I think I feel like you don't want to go serious after serious, not that necessarily either of these are other options are particularly serious. But, even but like Barbarians is fire? like Barbarians is clearly Yeah. Rapid Fire was a straight up action movie, but it had an element of wackiness. This is just like Navy Seals I just wasn't about. Like it just was not for me. Um that's why I'm really leaning hard towards the barbarians, but I also don't want to lose the Punisher. And I know the hidden is also wacky as well, but it's out. It's out. Fuck the internet. It's out. The Punisher was also filmed in Australia. I think if it was me, I would be picking between the hidden and the barbarians and I would probably end up landing on the barbarians. Just You'd be picking the between the hidden and the barbarians. I'm more interested in the hidden. No, nah, let's go. Let's go completely new. We're going, we're going the barbarians. Wow. Kira has a clean slate. Oh, that's so week. exciting. Three new choices. That's not happened, right? That's not happened. Not since Jim Carter. <laughs> not since Jim Carter, which technically was just, we, we just picked Jim Carter. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, oh, I mean it, like after Jim Carter, obviously the next three picks were new picks. Yeah. Because it was the beginning of the podcast. It but hasn't yeah. happened, has it? No. I don't, I don't think so. Usually think it's so. usually the most is like two. Two, two new picks, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's exciting. Barbarian, exciting. something completely different and not American. Is it in English? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. Broken English. That's, that's one way of, yeah. <laughs> are there subtitles on this movie? There are no subtitles. That is fucking This is going to awesome. be an interesting ride. Well, don't like, don't subscribe, don't come back for the barbarians. But yeah, do like and subscribe. Don't lo- do any of the things. No, you should do it. A wee kid video. Definitely don't join the Navy SEALs. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah don't, probably don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Join but- the Eva ne- Netnia. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I don't even know what that was. But Simpsons. anyway. Simpson. I don't know yeah. it by heart, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Do not Google the Barbarian Brothers and see that they made a series of movies that I'm... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> ...that I will tell you about next week on the <laughs> podcast. Please leave us a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else that lets you do that. Fuck uh, you, Brody. I'm upping the ante. If you guys oh, review, I, I will give you my bank details. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't like this bit. <laughs> Cut it. No. And... Scene. <laughs> <laughs>